Hello. We had a slight technical excitement this episode, so our guest's microphone is going to sound a bit overblown. We don't know what happened because it sounded fine during the call. If you want to hear what she normally sounds like, try the Mystery on the Rocks podcast. It's a good one. Anyway, I fiddled with it in the mix. It'll be fine. You won't mind. Here we go. Hey, boomers. Welcome to Sonic the Comic, the podcast in which two hot new series start this issue. My two co-presenters probably thought I was about to say I've got two hot co-presenters. I was hoping. <laughs> and I have. I am Chris McFeely, and we have a As special usual. guest with us this week. Oh, hi, it's me, Suze Kempner, off of Twitter and video game stand-up comedy. See, I told you I was crap at introducing myself. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm a Twitter person and stand-up comedian and keen yeah. Sager human yeah Hume. <laughs> she's the one who you might have seen on twitter getting vommed on and dressing up as celebrities <laughs> <laughs> I, I did famously someone was sick on me and i tweeted about it i didn't know that <laughs> i'm gonna have to go and look up the history of that <laughs> yeah. it was in the morning i got a huge meeting about a sitcom to come and make it oh no and i was riding high on the train on the way home going ah i've nailed it when a girl drunkenly threw up all over me oh at least you're on the way home yeah (laughs) Yeah, that's true but it it was very much like a case of Suze please never believe everything's going to be all right (laughs) (laughs) well we are here with issue number 25 of Sonic the Comic uh, cover date May 13th 94 which means it was released on April 30th Uh, but before we dig too deeply into it we always like to ask our guests How did you come to Sonic the Comic? What's your history with it? I was a huge Sonic fan when I was a kid and have remained so right up to the age of 35. And so when the comic was announced in 93, I flew off the walls in the style (laughs) of Sonic. I was so excited. I remember it being 95p. Mm -hmm. Is that right? That's right. That's how it started. Yeah. And we're only a year later and it's already £1.10, which I'm sure Mm -hmm. is far above the rate of inflation. But yeah, Yeah. I loved it. I lived for it. Every two weeks, I was so excited to get my hands on it. Wasn't it such a good day? Yeah. <laughs> good times. My pocket money as well was a pound a week. And there's no way yeah. in the intervening weeks I was keeping hold of that pound. So exactly. 95% of my pocket money went on Sonic the Comic. Exactly. That's, this is something we've discussed before. Once you're up to pound you've gone over a pound coin. Yeah. You've got to have yeah. a higher tier of pocket money. Yeah. Sad times because yeah. I never had it. Wow. <laughs> Fortunately, then it was fortnightly, so you could save up. Exactly. Yeah, but I just couldn't. I didn't have it in me. <laughs> well, you should have. What you should have done is negotiate to be given the pocket money on STC day. That's true. Why? Oh, when? Why didn't I realize it? Nine-year-old me, I'm furious. <laughs> So the cover, the cover to this one, we've got a big picture of the old Streets of Rage folks, but they're led this time by a new one, a new one that we don't recognise, who's got one normal hand and one tiny hand. (laughs) (laughs) Oh yeah, it's like his arm doesn't bend, it's just like the top bit of an arm with a hand on the end of it. Yeah, he's missing his forearm sort of. Well maybe that's it, I I shouldn't have a go until I've got to the comic, you know, (laughs) because he might might only have have, have no forearms. But we do recognise him, Dave, for he was included on a pin-up just two issues ago. That's right, he was. And what Uh, a pin-up it was. Skates. Skates. Skate in the game, skates in the comic. I checked it. (laughs) And it says that Skates Skates hits the streets of rage. Of course he does. Because they're back this issue, we should Mm. say. I mean, if it wasn't obvious from Uh, the cover. Streets of rage is back. And if it wasn't obvious just from your imagination, behind them all is a very big explosion. Mm. Don't you worry. (laughs) (laughs) He is camp 
as well. This is a camp cover. Yeah, I guess so. I, yeah, I didn't see it until you said that because I remember this as the height of... Macho! It's all, I mean, it sort of is, but it also looks like a poster for a night out at the Royal Vauxhall Tavern. <laughs> Somewhere I've played regularly, but yeah, that's what it immediately reminds me of. It's like, well, this looks like the greatest gay club night of all time. There's even a woman in the background going, men, come back! And they're going, nah. <laughs> <laughs> well, then it's up to you to set up a nerdy Streets of Rage night there. I'm sure there'd be enough. I think I would. There's a I'm in a Facebook group called Gamers, G-A-Y, Mers. Yeah, of course. Because um, I'm, I'm an honorary member being f- friend of the gays. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm, I think there is a huge uh, audience for this kind of thing. Great. Because the Streets of Rage tune is a banger anyway. Everyone will dance to yeah, that. <laughs> absolutely. I, rem- I don't remember this cover from being a kid, but I know my memory of being a kid, I would have been not into it because it's very Sonic light. Exactly. You just skip straight over it. You just have to have the little picture of his head. Yeah. Luckily, this issue has one of the best pages of Sonic there's ever been. Yeah! (laughs) Thought you were going to say, luckily, this issue has double Sonic. It does! Because the other mega new series starting this issue is Sonic's World. The Secrets of Sonic's World, it says on the bottom there. What's that going to be? Looking forward to this one. We should say this cover is by Peter Richardson, the regular Mm -hmm. uh, Streets of Rage artist as well. Ah. Which means we've now covered literally everything on the cover except for the (laughs) phrase Blade Runner written in big letters because this man is running and he's got blades. That's it. That's it. Roller blades, that is. It's a sort of running theme in STC that they they really show up who they are, the writers of this comic, because they're like, we are adult men, and we know what kids like. Here's the exact age we are. (laughs) References that children will love. Blade Runner. (laughs) On the back cover, we've got an advert for Captain Scarlet Poster Mag. Wow. Issue number three. So here is living proof that poster mags are a thing outside of Sonic. I see. I told you. You did. It says, on sale now, the next Captain Scarlet poster magazine. Uh, 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 listeners who don't know, that's one of those Thunderbirdsy puppetsy shows by the old, um, what's his name? Mr. Fella? What is his name? Jerry Anderson. Jerry Anderson. We had a compo, about, <laughs> or a compo or a promotion with Captain Scarlet a little while back. That's the one. Uh, the next Captain Scarlet poster magazine contains fantastic new colour photographs with a great new exciting story. Captain Scarlet and the Mr. Ons and Stingray and Thunderbirds, apparently. Wow, all of them. It's just the Jerry Anderson poster mag. Yeah, the triptych. Yeah, it says war games featuring classic photographs of Thunderbirds and Stingray. Giant poster. <laughs> classic photos. It's just the puppets lying lifeless in a corner. <laughs> <laughs> just like that. Do you ever look at... A, I, I, this has happened to me, and I'm, I, I apologise if saying this makes it happen to anyone else, but every time I see a picture of the Muppets now, like a photograph. I mm. I know that that's people with their hands open and they're all posed and some of them have got tilted heads. And it's like, <laughs> do you, when they're not animated, it's really weird. The idea of having a photo of the Muppets it freaks me out now for some reason. No, Kermit is a person. Right, good. What about <laughs> with the rest of them are puppets? No, they're all people. They're, they're all clearly their own. I mean, they play roles in films. You can't... Like, mm. those that's true. That's you can't, true. You can't that's do true. that. They're... Oscar's so human. <laughs> So there's not much in the control zone, and he apologises for that almost immediately. I'll keep the chat <laughs> yeah, to a minimum this time. Brackets. All right, who cheered? We this, did. This letter from Megadroid at the beginning, who I'm guessing is the editor, obviously. Yeah. Mm. He is going through some stuff 
outside of the comic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's like, finally, in answer to literally oodles of request demands, brackets, and threats from you, graphic zones back. It's like, I hate it, but we've brought it back for you, you horrible, <laughs> horrible children. I like his signature at the bottom as well. Like he's definitely going through some stuff. That looks like when Guy Fawkes signed his name <laughs> after his five days of torture. Yeah, yeah, I don't think we've ever mentioned that before. There is a no, yeah, there is a sort of signature. Yeah, no, but all that's in the the welcome screen is just he's just telling us that Streets of Rage and Sonic's World learn for the first time the secrets of Mobius um, mm-hmm. are starting this issue, and that the graphic zone is back. We've only seen it one time before, yeah. but that's a a dedicated page for uh, for draw. Owens. Normally, we just get yep. one or Was two. Was that not normally in there then? Not until not now, yet, but it will become oh. very regular going forward. Oh, my memory of it was it was always in there, but it obviously was a later thing. Well, it ends up in there, presumably starting now. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if it's every issue, but it's it becomes it becomes pretty much every issue. Yeah, they must have not got enough people sending in pictures yeah, to probably. warrant yeah. it. Yeah, they were probably just collecting. Well, just a few issues ago, they posted guidelines on how to get your pictures in and so draw in pen, not in crayons. Ah, maybe, gotcha. maybe once they had printed the directions and kids started following them, yes, they yeah. started getting a lot more artwork they could actually print. Kids won't do what they're told. I personally am looking forward to seeing the graphic zone, but it's going to be difficult to narrate <laughs> for a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, is it any more difficult than describing panels in a comic? I suppose not. We'll see what we can do. All right, we've got a bit in the middle here called Surf Sega. And it's yeah. about a chap called Nick Baker, the UK's number one windsurfer, who's going to be doing some surfing with Sega written yep. on his surf. He's just, he's sponsored by Sega. Is that like Eddie the Eagle? He was our greatest ski jumper. Yeah, Eddie the Hedgehog. Eddie the Hedgehog <laughs> Baker. But it, I am interested, it, it does say that that what they do is they go windsurfing around on these indoor things with massive fans at the edges to to create waves and so I didn't know that. Yeah, I confess that I didn't my know mind. it. Yeah, I thought they just had to go in the sea. They had to go in the sea. Well, it says some of them, so presumably some of them take <laughs> the place. The British in the sea. ones probably do. Well, there you go. Yeah, <laughs> safer than the Channel. Yeah, exactly. You can't go down Puttsburgh Beach, can you? <laughs> this that's the biggest thing on this page as well. This whole thing about this windsurfer who's got excited. Sega written on his sail. I mean that yeah. they're really struggling for content, aren't they? <laughs> I don't know. I like it whenever they put these things yeah. in the news zone or the control zone, though, because it's not news. No, I mean, well, they not. have put. Remember, remember when they put uh, David Hasselhoff or meets Echo the Dolphin or whatever, and that was in the yeah. news. Zone. David Hasselhoff <laughs> made a video where he he wasn't didn't even meet the other stars of the video. <laughs> he was just there, did the narration or whatever. But yeah, I, I like. They're a nice snapshot of what was going on at the time, yes. but um, sometimes they do struggle to fill the control zone, so something a little unusual and flavorful like this is, is welcome. <laughs> They've also, it just says about the poster mag, um, which really, that that wrenched my heart, because I was never allowed the poster mag. Oh. It, it was just, it was just uh, you know, £1.35 too far, but oh God, I wanted it so much, these poster mags. Well, l- listen, it, they're not all that great. Um, we've, <laughs> <laughs> we've been covering them. The first one was cool, because it was actual news. The second one was just a guide to the bosses from Sonic Chaos. The third one, actively racist, and we've done an episode oh, no. about that. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. No. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really, really, really bad. I must have missed this episode. Mm. Uh, well, yeah. I'm, I'm no, I am no longer sad that I exactly. have the poster magazine. <laughs> <laughs> they were too dear for what they were. It was all about paper stock. 
Right. Yeah, because the good reading guide is just uh, two things that are out already. Mm. Sonic the Booster Mag number four and Eternal Champion Special, both of which you will have heard us talking about by now. The Sega Shots. Sonic 3 not moving up there at number one. A big slew of re-entries on the Mega Drive chart down at the very bottom. Eternal Champions mm. got bumped out of the top ten already and it's back in at number eight. Oh. And Sonic 1's yeah, in. Sonic not one. Sonic 2. Sonic 1. Some kind of oh. budget re-release again, perhaps. Who knows? Oh, yeah, Sonic the Hedgehog back on the Mega Drive. Also, the first FIFA game. I had that. Yes, the first one ever. And we beat it. We, we beat it. Sonic <laughs> yeah, beat it off the number one spot. I think we're actually mercifully free of sports games in this issue, aren't we? Oh, gosh, I think you could be right <laughs> there. <gasps> Praise the Lord. <laughs> <laughs> I loved that first FIFA game. The Sonic Terminator Part 2, written by Nigel Kitching, art by Richard Elson, letters by Steve Potter. The Freedom Fighters pursue Captain Plunder and his pirates to the secret hiding place of the Chaos Emeralds in the Frozen Zone on South Island. In the fight that ensues, Plunder grabs Tails and Sonic's forced to hand over the Emeralds to secure his buddy's release. The pirates depart, but Sonic and Tails give chase and soon discover that the Emerald's power to absorb evil energy has turned the pirates into peaceful hippies who happily return the gems to Sonic. But back in the unprotected Emerald Hill Zone, Dr. Robotnik's latest creation attacks the malicious Metal Sonic. We're in it now, lads. We're in it. We're in it. Yes! Now, there's actually a bit of crossover between this and Sonic's world, isn't there? The way it starts yeah. with this panning into the island and going, this is South Island, there's lots of hill zones on this one, green, emerald, yeah. other. As we checked last issue, uh, South Island was the location of Sonic 1. According to Japan, that is, but here we establish that according to us, it's both of them. Uh, yeah, because uh, uh, Green Hill and Emerald Hill would have been on different islands in the Japanese canon, but here, they're all in the same place, and that's where Sonic lives. <laughs> I mean, that's if they did any japanese person care about the japanese canon Probably i mean apparently they must have. <laughs> um there's a something set up here that uh, we see twice this issue and it's an ugly precedent that i've never been a, a fan of and it's that um in that second panel the loop is is impossible you can't run that loop it's just a yeah. circle in the middle of a big thing <laughs> It's not a road that then loops. It's for training. Yeah. yeah. It's a training circle. Yeah, Sonic can... Go, oh, yeah, Sonic could jump into it and go round and round, so that'd be all right, but... Um, like a little hamster Yeah, that always wheel. used to bug me. It's like the lazy way of drawing a loop. <laughs> yeah, I know, you're right. <laughs> so, yeah, this is following on from the end of part one, last issue, where Porker Lewis uh, accidentally revealed that the Sonic keeps the Chaos Emeralds in the frozen zone, in the, uh, the North Cave, because, yes. uh, as we learned in this issue... If they're brought together, they become unstable. Yes. Is this canon? It's certainly canon as far as we're concerned <laughs> on this podcast. <laughs> well, no, but but it is, right? Because that's why you needed the Grey Emerald, because otherwise the Chaos Emeralds would be unstable. Mm. I suppose I suppose they didn't say explicitly in Stay Sonic that it's because they're brought together, but they might have done. I can't remember. It makes I sense. I don't think... No, well, Kinterborn needed the Grey Emerald to successfully complete the energy process and stabilise the emeralds outside of the ROZC, so presumably, yeah, yeah that's yeah. that's what he's building on. Yeah, uh, I suppose probably should make the point that although this is set after the events of Sonic 2, this still subscribes to the uh, the original Kintobor origin story where, where Sonic still only has six emeralds, even though there were seven yeah. emeralds in the game, because yeah. Kintobor never found the Grey Emerald. And we will mm. find out in, in the years to come, in the months and years to come, where the Grey Emerald is. 
<laughs> Interested that Nigel's brought in uh, a frozen ice zone just as, you know, Sonic's first frozen ice zone has dropped in Sonic 3. Yeah. Yeah, this is I thought this. Don't call it frozen zone, Nigel. We all know this is ice cap zone. <laughs> well, it can't but be it, the ice cap zone because the ice cap zone's on the floating island. Because that's on the floating oh. island. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So actually he's been very sensible. So you gotta yeah. keep that cannon straight. <laughs> <laughs> so but but no, it's I'm sure he wouldn't at this point have known about the ice cap zone. I wonder if he'd be kicking himself as soon as he finds out. I don't know, because Sonic 3 is number one in the charts. It is, but there's evidence that these were all produced a little bit earlier. Okay. So, for example, like in EastEnders. the... Um, exactly like EastEnders. They all filmed in advance. Yeah, you can tell because, like, the Freedom Fighters aren't standing two metres apart. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> in, They're um... still going down the Queen Vic, the Freedom Fighters. <laughs> In Wonderboy, this issue, he's signed it 93. So we know they're producing a bit ahead of time because we're in sort of midnight on it. So, I mean, there's not a terrible amount to say about this fight that comes first, although I, I, I do love this panel on page uh, three. Tails and Amy and Porker are in a fight with the um, the rat pirates. And Tails is yakking a rock at a pirate's head. Well, it, it was more that Porker's just there with his little dictaphone. Oh, yeah. He's, he's, phone out. he's really useless. What is his purpose within the Freedom Fighters? Well, that's it. Like, we were saying last Chris, issue... Chris that- has... Deeks. I know, right? I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I was gonna bring it up. <laughs> um, we did point out last issue how he has that menacing glare uh, just before everybody jumps into the fight. Yeah. And then he didn't actually do anything in the course. Yeah, he's got kind of... nothing. Yeah. Well, yeah. he's got this thing out. It, it, it does look like a little uh, tricorder. Yeah, it's a so tricorder. he's doing something, but it's not like he needed to s- scan the examining the area. to locate them because they knew they were coming here. <laughs> yeah, but so no, I I'm mean, detecting pirates. He's got his Nokia engage. <laughs> like, Suze asks, what is his purpose? And, and we know that he's the, he's the tech Rudely. guy. We know that yeah, that's, yeah. that's his role. But this leads into something very interesting that Dave and I discovered um just earlier this Very week, interesting. I was lying in my bed in these quarantine times, staring at the ceiling, and um, <laughs> I grabbed, just from the stack of books next to my bed, I grabbed Sonic the Hedgehog in the Fourth Dimension, because, as I've mentioned before, I got most of the uh, the Martin Adams Virgin novels. I love those yeah. books. They were fantastic. Sonic in the Fourth Dimension, the best piece of Sonic media. But I was just, I wasn't reading it, but I was leafing it and i just my eyes randomly fell on a bit reads it for the articles (laughs) (laughs) so in the first chapter of the of the fourth dimension sonic discovers the time machine that robotnik uses to alter history and he hands it to porker and says you're a boffin type science dude what do you make of this (laughs) so the idea that porker was the tech guy was not a sonic the comic invention this was porker's deal how deep does this go how deep does it go maybe this does this go as far back as the sonic bible i think it does because and we were talking about this as well dave is the fact that the finalized version of the sonic bible isn't online like the most the latest edition of the bible that exists online the rocst is still being called the reverse bio quantum formulator Uh so we don't have the finalized version that was used as the basis for stay sonic so maybe that version of the Bible does make Porker the, the tech guy. I see, okay. Are you sure about that? I'm sure I've read one that's very similarly worded to Oh, it is tremendously similarly worded, right. but it's okay. still the reverse bon- quantum bioformulator. <laughs> the reverse bonkum machine. Bonkum quantum quantum bumpum. <laughs> so far as I know, anyway, I mean, I mean I'm prepared to be wrong about that, but I, I, I'm pretty I'm, sure. That's very good of you. 
Um. <laughs> so yeah, that's just another interesting note we came upon about how Sonic the Comic was clearly the true and the proper correct, history because everything Sonic. agreed with it and it wasn't just mm-hmm. because they were copying the comic, it was because it was all coming from some central source that was spreading out web-like to all our media. <laughs> like the roots of a fungus. <laughs> no. Come on. <laughs> oh yeah, sorry, we don't mention mushrooms on this podcast. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, when that when they kept ragging on the mushroom kingdom in the, the, in the movie. movie. I did think, oh guys, do you know what? You're treading a fine line here. I don't think you need to be ragging on anything else right now. <laughs> it never occurred to me that that was some kind of Mario joke. Do you think it was supposed to be a Mario joke? My immediate thought was that was definitely what it was. I thought so. I'm not so sure, but I thought at the time, yeah. A subtle one for fans. I mean, just because there is a Mushroom Hill Zone, you know, that was what I thought of. But but it was just, they did keep going, ugh, ugh, no, look at the Mushroom Planet, ugh. So I thought that was them going, we're better than Mario. And I mean, they are, but that movie could have gone either way. It smacked of Marxio World is a terrible place. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I love the bit on that same page, the next panel, where Amy shatters a pirate's sword by firing a crossbow bolt right through the blade. Yeah, it's pretty exciting. That's great. See, this whole bit, this this we we commented before about how Amy getting kidnapped in her second appearance was a bad look, and how guys like Porker and Tails are the ones you kind of imagine as really being in those situations. Uh, yeah. And then this issue is, is the one where that actually happens. Porker almost gets his head cleaved open and Tails yeah. is the one who actually gets grabbed by, by Plunder. Mm-hmm. And Amy's out here actually being proactive and saving people. And it feels like al- already SDC's character for Amy is taking shape. Yeah. I've just noticed that before doing that, she shoots a cutlass out of a pirate's hand with a crossbow bolt. She's right in with the crossbow bolt. Yeah. Our Amy is she was great right from the off. She's all they need. No, she does have to go through one more kidnap story first. But that's <laughs> no, just the, no, yeah, that's just yeah. the then, problem with that's just Sonic CD. There's no way around that. No. <laughs> well, it's even got Porker going. Oh, thanks, Amy. Mm. Yeah. Still got his trotters though. He hasn't lost the trotters yet. He looked like horrible <laughs> little lobster claws in that bottom right. They do, yeah. don't they? <laughs> it's unsettling. I don't yeah, like you, it. You can see why they wanted to get rid of them. Yeah. Very soon. Yeah, I mean, look at that. That tricorder is just sort of magically sticking to it like a My Little Pony hoof. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> why is he still looking at it during a fight anyway? I know. What's on there? What's it, what's it yeah. doing? Oh, wait a minute. I bet I've got the script. Hang on. Oh, well, if you have it, oh. yeah, that would be good. Oh, so this one was originally called Secret of the North Cave and not anything part two. Oh, well, oh. What was part one called then? Part one was called... Slave ship. Oh, okay. There you go. I think I know why they have now changed that title. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I agree. <laughs> but doesn't that match up with what I've been saying these last couple of issues about how the Sonic Terminator parts one and two don't really have anything to do with it? the next three parts? They're I they're see. really yeah. a three part pirate story. They link these two things mm. up. Yeah. I guess that was editorial, finally caving on the multi-part story thing. Mm. Well, I guess that must be how Nigel got round it, because haven't we heard before that they didn't want him to do multi-part stories, so he just named them... Yeah! Didn't give them multi-part titles to sneak around it. And then they gave in and tried to make it more exciting by making it a big serial. And I don't mind telling you, it worked on me. Yeah. Knowing that I was reading a five-part story. Here, then, is the panel description that tells us what Porker is doing in this panel. You ready? View of Sonic's gang fighting with the pirates. Johnny is using his quarterstaff. Amy, her single-handed crossbow. Tails is hovering and throwing rocks which are hitting the pirates on the head. Porker 
isn't really much use in a fight. He's in the background. Oh, <laughs> well, there we go. <laughs> and then a note of warning here. Don't show Amy causing injury with her crossbow. Just have her shooting a sword out of one of the pirate's hands or something. What? So don't... Hey, in this kid's comic, don't have her yes. shooting an arrow directly through the heart of a pirate. <laughs> Just have her shoot a sword out of a hand. Crossbows are not non-lethal weapons. No. Indeed. <laughs> no. They must be dangerous because all kids really want a crossbow. Yeah. <laughs> On the next page, we've got the reveal of the Chaos Emeralds mm. in there. Yeah. Special place, and oh, they're gorgeous. Aren't they? Look at them. Oh, Look at them. <laughs> now, I, now, personally, I prefer a rounder Chaos Emerald. Yeah, me too. I like you know? it to be less of a relief Chaos Emerald and more yeah. of a 3D object. Yeah, because these are f- these are the flat sort of gem. Where yes. yeah, th- these they're made to look uh, like the square cut flat ones. Well, they're they're a little taller, a little yeah. more oblong, but they're like they appeared in Sonic One, essentially the faceted look. They look like the sort of thing you'd find on the front of an ant's jumper. <laughs> I don't know about Sonic One though. These are a lot flatter than I ever envisioned a Chaos Emerald to be in. Any. Oh yeah, but I mean, it just mean you had the the two D view. So they... they're also a sort of rectangle shape. They're not a hexagon. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't know about you guys, but my personal idea of a Chaos Emerald comes from the the intro to Sonic Three, where they all spill out on the ground. Yeah, I always thought of them as lovely yeah. little not 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 like a ball, but like more round than not, as as it were. Faceted. Could be rolled. Could whereas yes. these ones could only be slid. Yeah, exactly. To be honest, no, I never really imagined them as round. No, I, I, but then again, perhaps that is just the influence of Sonic the comic on me. Right. I mean, so, the, the, as I said, this did always draw them more... They're basically um, rectangles with beveled edges. I'll tell you what, though. Yeah. You can all miss me with that nonsense about the Chaos Emeralds being pointy-bottom, flat-top diamond shapes, by the oh, way. I don't I'll know. I mean, it. I feel like whenever I imagine a Chaos Emerald in my mind, no, that's the shape I no, see. No, that's a... <laughs> that, see, that's a Sonic Adventure retcon. That's a Super Emerald. Because in the Sonic 3... And Knuckles bonus stages, you know, you have the little round ones you collect first, and yeah. then the pointy super emeralds. Yeah. And like But do they do they change appearance in yeah. the bonus stages? Yeah, yeah, they do. Do they? I can't remember it now. Just imagine that the little round ones are the diamond ones viewed from above. Viewed from above <laughs> see, and I think that is now what they say it is. But because oh, they only like ever sh- I don't like it. Because they because <laughs> they only ever showed that in Sonic Adventure, that these are Chaos, not Super Emeralds, but they're the pointy bottom ones. No, to me, Chaos Emeralds are little nuggety roundy ones, and I will not hear any nonsense about oh, we were just looking at them from above. No, these are drawn wrong as well, but they're nice. The ones in Sonic <laughs> Adventure, well, nice but wrong. See, <laughs> well, that's it. Like, but you, you, so, so you think of the Chaos Emeralds and the Super Emeralds as two different sets of emeralds, as fourteen emeralds, whereas I think of them as being the same emeralds. No, I, 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 I also think of them as being the same emeralds. But if you're going to have Chaos Emeralds again, you have to power down Super Emeralds to get them. Yeah. I'm not keen on the fact that they mess with this between games. I like consistency. I don't like that they're called time stones in Sonic CD. Those oh, are different things. But they're different. I'm, I'll, I don't mind that. And we'll we'll come to that later. <laughs> I yeah. know. I don't like that there's another set entirely because yeah. <laughs> it feels trite. <laughs> <laughs> I know, it's a little bit like... Trite, a Japanese video game series <laughs> for young boys having seven magical objects you need to collect. Who ever heard of such a thing? It is a little bit, this planet's got them as well, so what's so special about uh, that? Yeah, exactly. But at least they were different. At least they were time ones instead of yeah, just Yeah, to be fair, chaos, it was a whole different ones. game mechanic, wasn't it? And it's like, yeah, in it this was. universe, I have to use time. <laughs> I also, on this page, Tails 
gets caught yeah. proving yet again don't bring a literal child to a fight <laughs> and um sonic immediately has a go at him yeah <laughs> nice going pixel brain <laughs> but don't you love how he immediately you know for all again for all the stick stc sonic gets backs down immediately yeah oh yeah he's like yeah. he's got tails that's it you can have him you know he's my buddy he's yeah. He's more Emeralds are yours. You know, like, give him back. He doesn't try to to bluff, plunder, or risk tails in any way. Yeah. He hands the emeralds over immediately, <laughs> and I like that. I like that. That's nice. That's nice. Yeah. Although, but tails is the one who's like, "Don't do it," you know. Yeah. No, let me die. I'm desperate for death. <laughs> <laughs> so they they end up. The pirates take them, and there's this moment of jumping onto the ship to see what's become of them and how incredibly evil the pirates are. And then you get this lovely, almost this full page great. picture of. Some hippies. <laughs> I don't know that this is an authentic representation of how the Chaos Emeralds work, and it did certainly <laughs> never do it, it again. This is exactly what Woodstock looked like, and also what happened with <laughs> Chaos Emeralds. I like this because it again is STC writers going, I know what kids like references <laughs> to hippies. <laughs> to the 60s. And I mean, Rich has gone to town. Every centimeter has a couple of things on it that he's done to these pirates <laughs> to make them hippies. They've got patches hearts all over their clothes and flyers and, 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 and hearts and things. They've got guitars with peace written on them now. They've got tambourines, everything. It's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, so the I mean the original idea from the the Kintabor origin was that Kintabor used the ROCC to concentrate all the negative evil energies of Mobius into the Chaos Emeralds to make the planet a true peaceful paradise. But he was never able to complete the process because he didn't get the Grey yeah. Emerald. Um, so the idea here is that the Emeralds uh, still possess the ability to absorb evil, even but. To, to me, that was the function of the ROCC, not the yeah. function of the Emeralds. Yeah. But it's, 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 I'm not going to quibble about it. It's too much <laughs> you fun. Know, I remember reading this a completely different way. Because mm-hmm. what the way they actually explain it here is the Chaos Emeralds absorb evil, not radiate it. And yeah, yeah. as a kid, I read this a different way with, a, with my lore head on. What I thought it was was that all of the evil from the Chaos Emeralds had been expelled already into Dr. Robotnik. So all that was left yeah. in the Chaos Emeralds was good and that they came in contact with them and it turned them good in a way that it would Sonic, already good, gets turned into Supersonic. These guys get turned well, into a, good. That's incorrect. It's a very Sonic yeah. adventure way of thinking about it. And it's incorrect, <laughs> but I, 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 I might prefer it still. <laughs> <laughs> it's a nice physic that he's introduced. Yeah. But if they don't radiate energy, how do they become unstable and interact with each other? I mean... Oh, yeah. We're going to have to have that episode we were talking about where we get scientists on. I'm going to make this my PhD. Now, next issue will properly explain to us the idea of the Chaos Emeralds becoming unstable, and we'll see what happens um, in in next issue's Sonic World. Uh, I remember these things. (laughs) I don't. (laughs) It doesn't work everything too much about it, but it is way too much fun. <laughs> I, like, I love this. Like, Sonic is like, okay. You know, what, what? one of the pirates says, Hey, Sonic, baby, come and join the party. We're just chilling out, expanding our commerce, feeding our minds, all that crazy stuff. They're high as balls. And Sonic's just like, right. But he's, he's still, <laughs> yeah. he's not quite sure what's going on. I want the Chaos Emeralds back, Plunder. And at this line from Captain Plunder is like, Hey, no sweat, man. Like, all property is theft, right? Yeah. <laughs> I love it He's so a socialist. Much. They've made him into a socialist. 
And Sonic hates <laughs> yeah. that because Sonic has Lib Dem energy. <laughs> We've had a few comments, by the way, are, are pondering on what Captain Plunder is. Mm. Several readers have always thought he was an orc. Oh, okay. gosh. <laughs> yes. Yes. I mean, yeah, yes. He does. He's drawn exactly like one, isn't he? Yes. He, he, that would be unprecedented. He would be our first orc. Unless we allow that Grimer is an orc. I, I can believe it. Grimer's not an orc. <laughs> He's too weedy. One of these days, Chris, you're going to have to answer the question of what Grimer is. <laughs> He's a lizard. He's not. He is. He hasn't got any lizard. He doesn't have a tail. He hasn't got anything. Look, look, he's exactly the bloomin' same as Filch, but except Filch has a tail. Oh, okay, actually, yeah. <laughs> uh, and he doesn't have a forked tongue. Yeah. Okay. Otherwise, he is the same as Filch, who gets criminally little to do in this issue. I just, just must comment. <laughs> so, yeah, they think he's an orc. Now, now, fantasy races are not something that are very prolific in Sonic, though. No, this it would be un- an unprecedented orc. We will see some in the next Nameless Zone serial. Then. Oh, I take it back. Wait a minute, yeah, wait a minute, Trog! Oh, no, yeah, Trog, well, Trog, Trog is, was a fox. Uh, he's yeah. a thing. Yeah. I mean, but what is he? You know, he's not specifically like a named no. fantasy race creature. I mean, we will literally see goblins and centaurs referred to by those names in the next uh, oh. Nameless Stone story. Oh, right. Okay, well, I then am very comfortable in saying that whatever Captain Plunder is, mm. he's one of another set of things you can be yeah. that allows us not to think of them as people. <laughs> Correct. I mean, that is literally all that matters. <laughs> is he going to stay good now? Uh, I can't really remember. He's just sort of a comedy pirate from here on in, isn't he? Yeah, well, I mean, he, yeah, he's still... We won't see Captain Plunder again for ooh, over 20, 25 issues. Oh, God. But, um, okay. And he goes back to being a pirate, but no, he's not like... He doesn't stay a good, nice hippie from now on or anything. No. Which, again, ah. is another question, because if it's not that the chaos... Uh, is it that evil, therefore... And we must get philosophical now. Is it that evil mm. is his default state, constantly building yeah. up within him and has only been temporarily siphoned off by the Emeralds? Is he evil by nature? And therefore it must inevitably reassert itself as the influence of the Emeralds <laughs> is taken away from yeah. him? Well, maybe it's a hot take, but I don't remember him being very evil up till now yeah yeah well he shot his friend through the head but his friend didn't seem to mind uh, <laughs> he nearly made oh no he did make tails walk the plank which is me i'll give you that okay, but that's kind of pirate stuff isn't it that's pirate stuff it's just pirate yeah stuff. So he, he, evil in the piratical sense yeah <laughs> he's still just robbing from the rich and giving to himself is what do you think the joke is with the rats is it pie rats or are they bilge rats or oh. both. It could be both, but to be honest, rats are just like cartoon-wise, they're just sort of your stereotypical nasty, dirty animal, yeah, aren't yeah, they? Yeah. So they just make a good yeah. pirate. They do. They're always working for someone else. No offense to actual rats and real rat <laughs> lovers, I <laughs> just like to reading. say. But <laughs> I like that they fly off on the plane and um Sonic's like, I'm not gonna tell you what was going on, but it was awful. <laughs> Lib Dem. <laughs> Nothing hates a socialist more than a Lib Dem. Sonic is a Lib Dem. You know, I don't remember how it goes, but certainly, like in a hundred issues' time, there are like elections, and I don't remember <laughs> what Sonic's opinion of the whole process is. So it's going to be very interesting to see oh, oh. political he's, spectrums. He's be like, I'm a libertarian, actually. <laughs> Does he support first past the star post? <laughs> <laughs> They do some genuine political satire in those, in those post-issue 100s as, as Mobians compete to be zone leaders. Oh. And you get grumpy old Alf Garnet-style Mobians talking about how even with, at least when Dr. Robotnik was in charge, the trains ran on time oh and my stuff word. like that. 
And then, oh, nothing interesting happens for the rest of the comic, does it? So, yeah, this whole bit is a lot of fun with the pirates, but then the epilogue. <laughs> <laughs> Back in... So it just, that's all finished. That story is ostensibly over. And as with the last couple of issues, there is a 100% epilogue. Totally separate scene. Back in the Emerald Hill Zone, disaster strikes. Book ending the prologue at the start of the previous issue, we yes. should say. Yes. Mm. And it starts with, you know, Emerald Hill people going, run for your life, grabbing their children's arms, running. Yeah. It laser from space, zapping into the zone, and a column of fire and smoke just going up into the sky. It's very Chernobyl. Yes. <laughs> and, there's, and there he is in the sky in silhouette. It's him. There he He's is. here for the final page of the strip. It's a full page splash. Nothing else at all. So re- we, I don't know how. Many, I feel like we've said it enough times now that we're kind of um, losing the impact of how rare they actually were in Sonic the Comic because mm. we've had a couple. We've pointed it out enough times that it must sound like it wasn't that rare. But it's yeah. Metallics. Well, he's not named here so far. Right no. now, we just see no. Metal Sonic. Metal and we Sonic. Will learn his name in days to come. This page is this was the reason and the first time that we started bringing this comic into school. Because <laughs> it was so badass. To show each other and go, look at this. <laughs> oh, did you see this page? Yes, I did see that page. This gave me a, a like a shot of memory bang to the skull because mm. I had this page. Yeah. I'd torn it out of the magazine, which is <gasps> sacrilege, I know. But it was on my wall because I was yeah. pretty punk. Do you know what? I'm going to allow it this one time. I mean, look at it. <laughs> you know, I think, I can't swear, but I feel like maybe one of the summer specials might have reprinted this page sans speech bubble as a uh, it's a, maybe. it's a great yeah. image. Like the, um, yeah. the chrome effect they've got on the claws and on the nose is amazing. Yeah. And he's just, so he, I mean, I'm sure I'll have used it for the thumbnail, but if you haven't seen it, listeners, a full page of Metal Sonic leaping down towards the camera, having uh, at the end of a big swirly jet of flame that he's been flying along on, and he's shouting, Bring me Sonic the Hedgehog! It is time for his extermination! Which I like, because it means they're not going to have one of my least favourite things in any media, which is a mistaken identity storyline yeah. where everyone thinks that's Sonic. Yes. It, it seems isn't. for a second like they might almost be, be going there whenever the uh, the Emerald Hill person spots him, and it's just yeah, in silhouette over and you think that it might be. But yeah, but no, because it's clearly not Sonic. <laughs> There's yeah. no mistake. It doesn't look like Sonic. It looks like a metal version of Sonic that's evil. Yeah. Also... They've already covered that a long time ago in the comic yeah. where there was a robot Sonic that a couple of people did mistake for about a panel. Oh, but... I do remember this, actually, yes. Yeah, they made up their own. It's like Sonic Media was mad for trying to do Metal Sonic before Metal Sonic was a thing. <laughs> you know, yeah. they, they came up with their own fake robot Sonics because it's such an obvious... Yeah, yeah. You, I mean, you've got it, yeah. you've got a man who's his enemy makes robots. Of course, he's going to make a robot Sonic. Yeah. It's robot animals specifically. The yeah. first time you saw that in Sonic Two, as like a seven-year-old, it was amazing. Yeah. <laughs> in Death Egg Zone, where you go, this is the final boss. It's a Metal Sonic, and then it turns out that isn't even the final boss. Yeah. <laughs> as a seven-year-old, I was amazed. <laughs> When you said, oh, we're going to do the first issue that Metallics appears in, I was like, yeah. cool, I know what that is. I know what Metallics is. And I didn't remember any of this particular strip yeah. until this page. Yeah. And I went, I had it. I had it on my wall. Yeah. I had it on my wall. <laughs> so, yeah, very exciting. 
But I can't remember what happens next, so I'm going to join in with you guys next time. Read along. I mean, that's the funny thing. Like, this cliffhanger is never picked up on. Oh, <laughs> so the fact that Metallic's launched an assault on the Emerald Hills all demanding Sonic <laughs> oh, to right. over never comes up There's again. There's definitely been some death. Yeah, I know, right? It looks I mean, like people it. People have lost lives in the Emerald Hill zone, and I think Sonic should care more. Well... Wait, the one thing we know about the Emerald Hill folk from previous issues is that they're very good at rebuilding the Emerald Hill Zone. They're always at <laughs> it. <Yeah. laughs> it is always back and looking fantastic. Yep. Yeah, they've got those lovely towers built every time. It's like post-World War Two. you know, they brought in a Labour government. Sure, a lot of borrowing took place, but it was required and the people didn't mind that at the time. It was only in the 50s that people, you know, they forgot the rebuilding that had to take place and they voted against their best interests. And we've learned a lot from that 70 years on, haven't we? Haven't we? Yeah, I'm always thinking that. <laughs> hey, we'll see. We'll see. Later this year, we'll see what happens. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So that's it then. That is the issue in which, in my heart, this was where STC turned a big corner into mm. a comic that was far better than I ever thought it was, even when I loved it. You know, like, right. this was the moment for me. No, it's pretty, it is spectacular. If this was the end of the Sonic movie, I'd think a lot more highly of it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. If Metal Sonic was the post-credits teaser. God, that would have been really cool. Oh, imagine. But imagine if it was that Tails comes through the ring and goes like, I'm going to find Sonic, and then gets shot in the back out of the sky <laughs> by this. Sonic comes through behind him. Da, da, da. Oh, that would be incredible. Wouldn't that be amazing? The kids in the cinema, where when I saw that, they would not have done what they... They would have been really upset by that. Yeah, Tails dying brutally. Because when yeah. I left the cinema, it was just children running as fast as they could from one side of the screen to the other. Oh! Um, they were, you know, they were being Sonic, and I thought, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, wait till real life comes bite you in the ass. Refuse Refuse in the review zone this week, we've got uh, Prince of Persia for the Mega Drive, James Pond 3 for the Mega Drive, and Castlevania The New Generation for the Mega Drive. Yes. It's all back on the Mega Drive. Still, sadly, that horrible pink and green colour scheme. It's grotesque, <laughs> isn't it? Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> it reminds me this time of when they they made Starburst flavours worse shortly <laughs> after turning them into Starburst. And this, this grotesque pink is what they changed the lovely... Uh pink flavor into it was just vile horrible it just it looks synthetic even on a page <laughs> yeah but i feel like i've given out about this enough over the last couple of issues <laughs> <laughs> i can't believe mega drive games were 40 quid i know because that's probably almost that's probably like 70 pounds now mm. sonic 3 was like 65 quid yeah, or something some, some of them were like 60 70 yes what was it street uh, fighter was 69 no 99? wonder i never had it until i was like in my teens i know I know. Oh my goodness, 65 quid in 1994 money. Yeah. Well, they say a lot I'm of the furious. cost used to be in uh, cartridges in the manufacturing, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, that's why N64 games were so expensive. James Pond 3, um, this one I never played. Uh, Abby assures me that it was the bad one. The bad uh, one, yeah. Although, uh, have, you spotted, have you spotted the deliberate mistake this issue here? Oh, I don't think I did. I mean, I thought they I was got gonna... an image from James Pond too. That's correct. Yes. Oh. Yeah, the one with the car and the little angry uh, little plane thing at the top. That's James Pond too, and you can tell because it's got the uh, 
you know, he's got the health meter that's his face looking sad over in the corner. And um, oh. and the fact that he's got the Robocod bodysuit on as well. Mm. Yes, of course. STC is very lucky that it didn't exist in the internet age at this point. Because, yeah, oh, the emails they'd have had, they'd be like, <laughs> And then lastly, we've got Castlevania, the new generation. Now, Mm. I don't know much about Castlevania. I'm not a big Castlevania guy, but I looked into this. It's quite interesting. This is actually Castlevania Bloodlines. Yes. The only Castlevania game for the Mega Drive, but it was released as the new generation in Europe, I gather. Okay. That's because they went through the whole game censoring anything to do with blood in it. Blood in a vampire game? Yeah. So there are these these pink zombies that they've turned green. That's fine. Don't mind that, really. But yeah, it went all the way up to the title and the fact that there was, like, you know, blood dripping from the title. They took that out, all sorts of things like that. Now, this game is on the Mega Drive Mini, actually, and I haven't played it yet, but... One of the things about the Mega Drive Mini is you can change the region on it, and it changes all the names and images of the oh, games. Cool. And I wonder if you change... Yeah, you can just change the language in it, and it just That's changes cool. the setting. Um, you know, shows you Genesis covers, I think, as well, or Japanese covers or whatever. I was honestly sure you were about to say it just shows you genitals. Well, I don't know some of these Japanese games, you can't be sure. Yeah, but, yeah. <laughs> Custer's Revenge. But, um, yeah, I wonder if the whole of... Of this Castlevania, then, is is the, the the pink zombie version, if you change the language. That's interesting. We'll have to try that out. Yeah. Well, you'll know as soon as the title screen. I think people do like that one. I think the best best one is maybe on PlayStation 1. Well, it, it's the one that introduced where they changed the format. They, they made it... To be a Metroid game. Yeah. Right? I mean, that's right. Like, we call things Metroidvanias because we get the compound name for, from that Castlevania that was right. designed to be like Metroid. You know, so. It's very rude. They should just call them Metroids. Metroids. Or Metroids. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Metroid them ups or whatever. Hope you like Metroid. Now it's a man as the main character. You're welcome. <laughs> Basically, exactly. yeah, right. <laughs> what? Yeah, exactly. You know the things about Metroid that make it cool? Yeah. Forget all that. Imagine yeah. it's A, a man. B, just a man, not even a robot suit. <laughs> yeah. C, aliens? Nope. Just no. vampires. No. Guns? No axes. And it's set in olden times. Yeah. The past in a castle. Oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't parse this first paragraph very well, though. Um, this one is another David Gibbon one. However, using a ceremony of evil, vampire Eliz- no comma, uh, vampire <laughs> yes. Elizabeth Bartley has caused a war to conjure up the human souls of Europe in an effort to revive her uncle Dracula. Yeah, that one. Conjure up. I took a few goes of that because I thought I was going like, what, what? What's a ceremony of evil, vampire Elizabeth Bartley? <laughs> yeah, no comma. Yeah. Also, I misread it as Elizabeth Berkeley from Saved by the Bell. <laughs> Not even Elizabeth Bathory, the actual historical figure that the character is clearly named after. Good point. Showing she's a true adult in Showgirls. <laughs> oh, dear. We hadn't hit Showgirls yet, had we, in 1994? No, we uh, hadn't. No, 95 Showgirls. <laughs> I love that you've got that! You know it's right on the old noggin. It's my favourite bad movie. <laughs> yeah, Elizabeth Berkeley going, I can play with the grown-ups. That role was originally meant to be Drew Barrymore. Really? Was it? I did not know that. Yeah, it was originally offered to Drew Barrymore and Madonna as the Gina Gershon character. Even Madonna turned it down. <laughs> Where is she now? Oh, poor old Elizabeth Berkeley. She obviously went I in. No. With best intentions. Bless her. I saw an interview of her about 
it's probably two years ago and yeah. she was so nice I know people are awful about her and literally she was 20 years old all she was doing was what she was told by the yeah. director to do mm. like it's yeah. not actually bad acting she just didn't know what movie she was in but Kyle MacLachlan knew what movie he was yeah. in no that's the thing we did a me and Abby did a watch uh, well for me a full rewatch for Abby a first time of all of Saved by the Bell right oh, oh. right not including the new class, but yes, including the college years. Yes, and, um, right. And the wedding. Yeah. The wedding where it's um, Kelly and Zach get married, yeah. don't they? Yeah. And then yeah. Elizabeth Berkeley runs up in like the last 30 seconds of the episode because <laughs> she's not in the whole rest of the thing. <laughs> Hi, no. sorry, I was off making a movie. And yeah, like, basically. Mm-hmm. She mu- that must have been it, right? She must have been making that film at the time. Yes. Otherwise, it'd Well, she was going to be a big star. Like when she came out of Saved yeah. by the Bell, she was hot property because she was actually pretty good in it and yeah she's that's gorgeous. the thing that's why i said yeah. that's why i brought up that we were doing a watch through because she's good in it yeah. like almost all the way through she's an actual good she actor. gets the dramatic stories yeah do you remember when she got addicted to caffeine pills? of course who doesn't so who among us does not in our generation remember the trauma <laughs> everyone takes the piss out of that but she's good in it yeah. <laughs> however my memory of it until i because i rewatched it about five years ago with a friend my memory was wow there was that really weird storyline saved by the bell where jesse got addicted to amphetamines <laughs> yes <laughs> it was caffeine it was caffeine well it's an allegory isn't it yeah. <laughs> to be fair to elizabeth berkeley though it's like yeah, Showgirls happened, but everybody still remembers that episode of Saved yes. by the Bell. And who remembers? Yeah. What, yes. What's Tiffany Amber Thiessen doing now? Like, well, exactly. Uh-huh. I have and no everybody idea. still remembers the time Jesse got hooked on caffeine pills. As a very big Saved by the Bell fan, <laughs> I do know what Tiffany Amber is doing is she now. Doing? She's got a cookery show. It's uh, very nice. Fair play to her. That's warmed my heart because I bet she's really chuffed with it. But uh, you're right that the general populace doesn't know that. <laughs> she's, they're all doing better than Dustin Diamond. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Is Mr. Belding still alive? He is, yes. and yeah. He's got a very big online presence going oh, around going, remember me, remember the point right, actually, yeah. He's in um, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Is he? Is he? Yeah, he shows up as like an old, very creepy PE teacher from oh, school. Oh, I can it's imagine It's very that. Always Sunny. I, you know, me. so me and Abby are currently having a, for me, rewatch for Abby first time through of DS9. Okay. And last episode we watched only flipping lisa from saved by the bell showed up in it did not know that was coming is she still a fashion designer uh no she was just a girl that uh (laughs) that cisco's son was going out with oh (gasps) what's happened i'm trying to commit this to memory yes there it is sorry i just do you know when you remember you had a dream and you're trying to remember the funny phrase from the dream that you spent all night trying to remember and reminding yourself to remember sure i've just remembered that i dreamt that cisco's son in ds9 the actor that played him in real life i dreamt is called disco clown <laughs> that's his first and second name yes yeah, so this is all being cut because this is a 10 minute digression off the fact that you misread elizabeth bartley as elizabeth berkeley but yeah let's move on yeah let's move the hell on in fact i think we can move on from this whole review zone i, okay, I think okay. so yes yeah we've just got just a page of advert here for something that we don't really need to advertise because you already know all about it here's a piece of the action for the whole picture by the mag it's the same gimmick they did before it's part of the poster from the shinobi poster mag that's on sale number four on sale now at all good news agents one pound 35 but you guys don't need to know that we've had a whole episode about it but on the facing page it's Streets of Rage. 
Gates's Story, Part 1. Written by Mark Miller, art by Peter Richardson, letters by Tom Frame. A run-in with some drug dealers makes Axel Stone miss a meeting with good cop Murphy, who intends to share with him a computer disc containing information that could take down all the crooked officers on the force. But Murphy's got problems of his own. His disgraced stepson Skates has just got out of prison. And worse yet, crime boss Mr. X has put a target on Murphy's head. Oh, it's the most 90s thing I've ever seen in my life, this whole comic strip. Straight in with it. Yeah. Yeah. Give us that caption, Chris. Oh, yeah, yeah. The city is dying. Crime is the disease. <laughs> but being a cop is not enough. <laughs> but straight in here with, like, a truck full of drug dealers getting blown up on the first yeah. page. <laughs> like, did you miss Streets of Rage? Just to remind you what the whole thing is about. <laughs> it's so violent. So violent. It's in a very Paul Verhoeven way. Yeah. Very, very. But yeah. we, we, we talked, didn't we, in the first serial about how Streets of Rage is like the 90s idea of what a pastiche of an 80s action movie was. Yeah, definitely. Suze, did you ever used to read these or were you like me and skipped over anything that wasn't Sonic? Yeah, I think... I think I was a bit because I my only memory of this was oh yeah I remember the Streets of Rage comic um, yeah. I used to think near but it's a shame because I'm looking at it now and it's yeah, really no. well drawn and they've like really recreated like a Schwarzenegger style film on the page. Yeah. In a kids' magazine, yeah. yeah. I like yeah. the way also they've got little notes going, hey guys, um, see these issues, by the way. <laughs> yeah. check, check those out. Like. Yeah. like little editor's notes. We do like an asterisk on this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I like this bit where it goes, I really hate drug dealers. Like, this is for kids. <laughs> <laughs> for kids! They, are, they really are, they twist me nuts, they do, drug dealers. <laughs> They're always trying to sell caffeine pills. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> If I remember right, there's a, there's a bit. It's somewhere in this six part serial where they do the full full blown like hostage in a trunk, dragged out to the shipyards to be executed style oh moment. And <laughs> okay, this is really well drawn. Yeah, it's the the art in this is so good, and it's got that. It's got the okay. A lot of the artists that we like the most in STC that draw like this guy and the Shinobi guy, like they draw in a way where. You can see the flaws. It's not the construction. It's not they're not drawing perfect anatomy. Oh, no. mm -hmm. It's style. It's a thousand gallons of style yeah. heaped all over a page. Yeah, this is very loose and, and non-technical mm. and uh, yeah, characters yeah. sometimes barely even look the same from page to page sometimes. You know, like Axel looks for all the world like he's wearing black lipstick here in this first page. Yeah. But they really lives, doesn't it? It's they've got a life to them. <laughs> yes. It's all about the um the grit of it, the kineticism. Yeah. Big swipes of black shapes all over. I mean, in, in a couple of pages' time, we get a, a a picture of an evil boardroom, and the whole thing is just, it's mm. like a big chunk of black out of which some purple has been carved to form the shape of the guys around their table with their pages of evil notes. Yeah, it looks, it reminds me of that scene in Network, this immense boardroom with like a sort of endless table and someone at one end. That's the thing, these pictures evoke in a, deep way yeah. <laughs> this is just a man with a lot of black pens <laughs> yeah. a lot of pens he must have had to change pens every page really getting through the ink he was probably using a, an ink wash brush or something was he i mean what's going on there on the back of mr x's chair on that boardroom page what's he done to achieve that it looks like a brush swirls it's amazing i don't know it could be a brush it could be a brushy pen yeah. whatever it is 
It's but brilliant. like you say, like that's all been done in black and lilac with some um, accents in yellow and cyan. Oh yes, it doesn't oh, yeah. make it. It sort it. of doesn't make any sense. But it, yeah. but it works perfectly because it's all style. Like I can't actually pick out what's what's going on here, so to speak. Like there's this little. Um, so this is this scene at the end of the strip. This is a meeting of like crime bosses with Mister X, the baddie from Streets of Rage Two, maybe mm. Streets of Rage One. I don't know. And it's like there's this little weedy, bespectacled guy who you know from every eighties action movie, yeah. who is the <laughs> attendant to the the crime boss. And it looks he's got a little pointing baton, yep. and it looks like he's given a presentation of some kind. But isn't that a window? It looks like a window. Of, right? <laughs> yeah, he's, he's opened the curtains suddenly. Of. If it's not a window, that's a Monet. <laughs> yeah, I mean, didn't mention it in the summary, but this is something that most of the elected officials are already in our pocket, but one or two still remain a problem. Mr. X has asked me to devise a scheme to remove them. A charity ball on one boat mm, could be a malfunction, terrorists, whatever. So they're, they're, they're putting this plan together to kill all the honest establishment individuals left in the city. Yeah. But you do think that he's, like, detailing his plan on, like, a spreadsheet or a flowchart or a PowerPoint presentation, but... No, it does appear... And I'm, the reason I make this point is, why won't... Why doesn't someone turn a friggin' light on? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, is, is it dark because he's given the presentation? And then I realize, no, but that's a window. So wait, what, what exactly is happening here? <laughs> By the way, apologies just then. I was just gesticulating to my mum to make me a cup of tea. I wasn't going Oh, mad. don't worry. I was sort I've... of pointing and I suddenly realised there's a camera on me. I fully <laughs> recognise the frantic gesturing for a cup of tea. Mine is slightly different. <laughs> Mine is just the tilt of the mug or one hand over the other in a tea shape. Ah, I could have done that, <laughs> couldn't I? I could have gone like... Yeah. But you have to be careful when you do that because sometimes you freeze time. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't want this march going any slower than it already is. I feel like we have to keep all that safe by the bell. I know, yeah. no, we've done too many callbacks to it. <laughs> hey, it's 1993 nostalgia. It's perfectly acceptable in this podcast. Do you ever get complaints from people going, you didn't talk about safe by the bell enough? Enough, no. Enough, <laughs> not enough. I think people appreciate our timely digression. Yes. <laughs> I've got a special byline in them. <laughs> I like this bit on, I think, the fourth or fifth page. At mm. the top left, it's just uh, that woman going, thank goodness those bums have gone. It's yeah. great, great little standalone That's, uh, frame. very yeah. Mark Millery dialogue lifted <laughs> from an 80s American movie. Yeah. This is, like, they've never, they've never named this city, have they? But it, it's definitely America. Yeah. You, know, you, know, you can never tell sometimes with Sonic the Comic, but this definitely feels like America. It's weird revisiting as an adult, because as a seven-year-old, you know, I didn't read this comic going, and this was made in Britain. I, yeah. I, As far as I was concerned, this was all over the world available. It wasn't. It was just here. <laughs> yeah. Because Sonic was always American in your mind. Yes. So, uh, Skates, it is his story, even oh, yeah. though he's only on one page of it. Um, <laughs> uh, so, Skates in the game, Skate in the game, yeah. he was the younger brother of the character of Adam from mm. Streets of Rage 1. Right, Dave? That's right? That's what we discovered, I, I believe, yes. But Adam is not in this. No. He was never in this. So, like, like in Streets of Rage, it was Adam and Blaze and Axel who all quit the force. And then Adam is kidnapped, and that's the plot of Streets of Rage 2. Yeah. So Skate and Max then join up with Axel and Blaze to rescue him. But because the Streets of Rage strip was all just based on Streets of Rage 2, 
they change it so that it's Max and Axel and Blaze are the cops who quit. And they, they completely repurpose Skates to be the stepson of Murphy, the uh, the one good cop from the mm. first <laughs> serial who didn't quit at the end. I love this line here when we see Murphy's so house. You can tell Murphy's as clean as a whistle. Honest cops are always poor. <laughs> and we see this tenement that he lives in. Yeah. <laughs> I am surprised. I, I, genuinely, I don't remember Skates being out of prison. I don't remember that being part of the story. Yeah, that's grim. And so I realise I don't think I remember anything about the story. I don't remember what he's in prison for. No, I'd be interested to know. I don't know if they even tell us, to be honest. I mean, Probably listen, like... in the streets of rage, it's going to be something unjust, isn't it? He'll have had a little bit of weed or something. <laughs> I mean, I was going to say probably stealing a car. Eh, maybe, yeah. What needs he for a car? That is Pockets scared. full of caffeine pills. <laughs> maybe somebody was storing their chicken in a bin and he took it and ate it. <laughs> <laughs> that's nice i like that <laughs> it's funny because i get it <laughs> My favorite type of joke. imagine a heckler saying that after every joke <laughs> <laughs> i remember uh this character of roach who is uh one of the aforementioned bums <laughs> who is, uh, they're just hanging out in what is it like an arcade or a cafe or something it's not really clear a malt shop, perhaps. A place with a pinball machine. Yeah. Somewhere, maybe a pool hall. I don't know. But yeah, they're playing a pinball. I don't know why I remember him as much as I did. He's a real nasty piece of work, you know. Yeah. They say, hey, stop beating the pinball table around, and he pulls a gun on the guy. Like He looks like the pop singer Pink. Yeah, a bit. And this one <laughs> is wearing black lipstick, and that's how you can tell yeah. someone's actually, no yeah. good. And it's like he's he's drawn in such a way as you might almost think he has fangs. They yeah. emphasize the snarl of his teeth. Yeah. Uh, and uh, shades at night. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, I assume it's night. It's always of night. Of course it's night. Of it's the streets of... Oh, yeah. thanks, Mum. Mum's brought me a cup of tea hey. in my yeah. Jeremy Corbyn mug. <laughs> <laughs> Don't show Sonic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> then as Skates comes back and they leave, like they say they're going to go grab some beers. Oh, so they do, These are children yeah. in Sonic the Comic. Well. And jumping on each other's backs and saying, let's yeah. blow this joint. Yeah. There's a tremendous air of, of Frank homoeroticism around Roach and his gang. Just the whole Streets of Rage comic, to be honest. Yeah, yeah this, but but it's pronounced on, on with it, I mean, yeah. with the black lipstick and the flick hair yeah. and the sleeveless jacket and everything. There's a there's a lot of you know what they call like queer coded villainy about uh, yeah. about Roach. That's very true. Definitely. That's true. Yeah. And then and then the fact that they all literally they literally it's like there's there's seven of them. Uh, Skates is one of them, and he's leading the pack. And then three of them have rollerblades on, and <laughs> and then the other three jump on the backs of the ones who have rollerblades on, and they skate off down totem poles That's, two at a time. And it's like. not as cool as they think it is. It's <laughs> really not. <laughs> I mean, maybe it was in the nineties. Like I don't rollerblades were cool. Know, I don't know if I've ever seen it before, but it reads as true, if you know what I mean. It's like yeah, I yeah. can definitely imagine having seen something like this in an 80s movie about teen gangs. Definitely. It wouldn't wouldn't feel out of place in The Warriors. Yeah, it strikes yeah, as the yeah. sort of thing that like Mark Miller here thinks he saw in The Warriors, yes. he's including it, but actually he saw it on Round the Twist. <laughs> 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 I feel like Mark Miller watched Round the Twist, but I definitely believe Mark Miller watched The Warriors. Yeah. <laughs> I love that bit where they go, where he goes, I don't have a stepson, I have a disgrace. Yeah. 
rude. Like that that's coming from real life, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> that's very mean. But it's a good bit of characterization because it's like Yeah, because he's a good cop yeah. and he's got a stepson that went to prison. That is Yeah. I mean, if only there were some other cops who thought anything of him to judge him for it, but <laughs> <laughs> he lives a pretty miserable life, Murphy. Yeah. yeah. To be honest. Oh, poor old Murphy. <laughs> I wonder if he makes it out alive. Yeah. He seems like the kind of guy who'd eventually die in one of these stories, you know, yeah, but I have no he? memory of it, so we'll uh, find out as we go. I feel like this whole comic is sort of written by Murphy, if that makes sense. So he's written it from the point of view of, like, I'm such a great guy. Why does everyone make my life so difficult? Streets of Murphy. <laughs> Streets of Rage 3, Murphy's Law. <laughs> oh, God! Do you think that's why Mark Miller named the character Murphy? No, I think he named him Murphy after Robocop. Genuinely. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. That's is that why Robocop is named Murphy? Yeah, probably. Because <laughs> <laughs> law and stuff. Yeah, you could be right there. <laughs> News Well, look at this straight away. This is interesting, isn't it? Yeah. Mega Drive 32, the next generation. As yeah. we speculated last issue. So we were saying last issue will be interesting to see whenever they talk about this in future issues who knew it was the very next issue it was the idea that they were going to come up with a, a plug through cart that would include the chip for Virtua Racing and Virtua Fighter gotcha. so that, um, Polygon technology wasn't it Project Jupiter oh maybe that was it yeah oh that's right because it was the previous issue they were talking about plug through technology and then it was last issue yeah that they were talking about a possible Mega Drive 3 that's what so really this is more of a callback to issue 23 rather than issue 24 but yeah turns out they were basically the same thing anyway what was the hmm. Neptune? Because that was a thing at one point. That never happened. That was no, just going to be a console, it was... wasn't it? I've looked it up. The Sega Neptune was a two-in-one Mega Drive and 32X console. Ah, announced nice. but never released. Yeah. Oh, I can't think why. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. The 32X. I mean, I, when you think about how many consoles, air quotes, they were actually trying to develop in mm. like a two-year span. Yeah. Like, Unbelievable. To do a separate 32X and a composite Mega Drive and Mega CD and a composite Mega Drive and... 32X yeah. and the Saturn as well. Yeah. yeah. Well, we're still well, a year this is, away from the PlayStation being released in. No, no, no. The, the PlayStation UK. was clearly years and years away. 10, 15, uh, 10 20 or 15 years, 15 years, after years this, away. Yeah. We were children <laughs> then. It was our whole childhoods. We were all adults before yeah, the PlayStation absolutely. came out. I was a fully grown <laughs> adult when I was playing mm -hmm. on the PlayStation, playing 2 oh, yeah. 2. <laughs> But I think a lot of those projects were all just them trying to get the Mega Drive to be competitive in a world that they knew things like maybe PlayStation, mm. maybe N64 mm -hmm. were on their mm. way. So this Neptune w was going to be like, oh, well, let's just have a Mega Drive, but with 32X yeah. tech in it, so a better Mega Drive. Oh. But it was all just such a waste of I time. I bet they never foresaw what the 32X like, I bet they never imagined it would be such an unmitigated disaster. Yeah, yeah because, exactly, But yeah. this is the actual announcement of so, the yes. real 32. The, 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 mm. well, at this point, it's still only known as the Mega Drive 32. But this mm -hmm. is the actual, the black mushroom that yeah. uh, plugs into yes. the top. And it turns out that um, we weren't sure whenever they talked about the Virtua chip stuff originally. But, but yeah, yeah, it seems that the 32X did have that chip in it 
so that yes. it would allow yeah virtua racing and virtua because i went and checked this turns out um i was wrong dave um whenever we were yep. talking about virtua fighter on the mega drive and i talked about it being on the mega drive eventually right. uh, i was wrong that was virtua fighter 2 2 yes, yes. i noticed that when i was trying to get music yes. for it yeah it came out yeah well that's weird 1996 and then the first virtua yeah. fighter was put out through the 32x so they did use oh. the the capabilities of the 32x to uh to do what they what they said so, they were planning on doing yeah right so virtua fighter 32x was presumably polygons was it whereas virtua fighter presume. 2 was just sprites mm. well it specifically it was a 2d yeah. conversion of a polygon yeah arcade oh, God. game yeah. I, i'm not familiar with it it sounds like a mess oh it was mm. <laughs> You're completely. You don't have to be familiar with it. Turns out you, you know exactly what the deal was. <laughs> and another mention of the Saturn here, just the mega mm. mega new console they call I it. I love here. it. I love that the 32-bit consoles currently appearing in the shops paves the way for the coming of Saturn. Guys, you should have spent more time <laughs> concentrating on that Saturn and bringing out a Saturn yeah. title. Yeah. But what they do say here is they reckon that the 32X is going to play Mega CD discs. Yeah, that's yeah. not. Right. They must have misread a press release here, probably because it was dodgily translated from Japanese. That was saying like you can put it on the Mega Drive at the same time as a son- as a Mega CD. Maybe, or or maybe this is some kind of weird composite with the Neptune. Yeah, a lot of things became very much it seems with Sega around this time. This is definitely happening, and then all of a sudden they were like, "Look over there! No, don't look over here! Look over there!" <laughs> and then look at them now. Yeah, I guess that is how things get developed, though, isn't it? They'll have developed the tech, and then they'll have the marketing people have figured out exactly what shape it should be and how it should connect. Yeah, so it does make sense that they wouldn't quite know. Yeah. Then uh, Sega Summer Offensive. Yeah, yeah. Just a just a list of new games uh, that are coming up. Um, you can tell that they were obviously a little light. Cause we we've seen news zones where they listed the new games coming up, and it was just mm. paragraph upon paragraph upon paragraph of so many titles crammed in. But here it's four games. Each one gets a whole paragraph each, and in fact, you only get two or three paragraphs each. I beg your pardon. However, we do have a little bit of didn't happenness uh, here we? because three of these games did come out yeah. but they but they had completely different names oh, really? uh, to what's listed in different yeah. parts of the world uh, well is it i've only i've not found any mention of uh, for example the game no. relaya here yes appears to just have come out as light crusader oh i know what light crusader is oh, okay oh, is, is light crusader relaya yep and oh, it says okay. during development light crusader was known as relaya and it's quite sad actually i'm looking at the title screen and it's the same title screen but without the wicked like prog rock album logo that they've got yeah that's really <laughs> right? cool yeah. <laughs> They've just written Light Crusader in kind of normal letters. I've never mm. heard of Story of Thor, but that looks amazing. Story of Thor and Light Crusader are both on the Mega Drive Mini. Ah. What? Called, and it's called Story of Thor? Uh, yeah, it was called Story of Thor here. And it was called oh, ooh, Beyond, Beyond Oasis. Beyond Oasis. Beyond yeah. Oasis. It's no Gallagher's new side project. Well, we weren't Beyond Oasis yet in the UK. In no, no. Very much in Oasis at this point. Yeah. And then Ragnacenti is um, Soleil. Soleil in Europe, and it was called Crusader of Senti in America, oh. but Ragnasenti is the Japanese title. Shinsuke right. Ragnasenti. Okay. Right. Whatever that means. So, Soleil was uh, basically a Zelda for the Mega Drive. Mm. And um, one of 
relayer and story of Thor, and I can't remember which, is a sort of uh, full-on D&D-looking swords and suits of armour sort of thing Chris doesn't like. And then the remaining game is a cross between the two. Uh, uh, then okay. I think that story of Thor is the cross between the two, because mm. I stuck it on and had a bash of, of the first couple of minutes of it on the Mega Drive Mini just last night in preparation for this, and it was yep. a kind of a top-down, yeah, Zelda-type, but yep. also kind of isometric at the same time sort of sort of thing, um, okay. which I think I'll get into later. I didn't realise that Relayer was like Crusader, because as I say, that's on there too, and I would have looked at it. Then. Well, you won't like that one, because that is a, that that really looks like old, you know, computer RPGs. Like, you know, they're, they're not even little dumpy guys. They're tall, thin knights with swords okay, going around, okay. going okay. Canadians. I mean, I'm trying to broaden my horizons, as you know, as far as the old RPG stuff goes. <laughs> so I'll, I'll give it a look, but yeah, you're not helping. <laughs> <laughs> Ever play any of these, Suze? No, I don't think I ever did. I I know what Light Crusaders is, but I I haven't played it. I didn't have yeah. didn't have forty pounds knocking about when I was seven. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is it. I only know about Soleil because uh, a friend just randomly gave it to us when we were at university. Right. Going, oh, I bet you'll like this. I see. And yeah, we, we did. It was quite nice. To be fair, though, at least with a game like any one of these three, forty quid, you were you were getting content for your money back then because it, yes. yeah. it was something that would it, you weren't just playing the first level dying and just playing the first level into infinity like so many other sega games right. i'm learning from right, playing right. The, the mega drive mini gotcha um, oh that's annoying but at least it? with these games yeah there, there was there was real xd hours of content <laughs> however many hours those things used to run to did we mention the first name on there body count a light uh, no, gun I, game i can't remember anything about it can you you can play it with the sega mouse yeah, <laughs> what a draw! I know it works with the Menacer light gun, which I oh yes, don't no, I did look, I, I did look this up. It, it's a fairly basic pointy shooty um, light gun game. Okay. You know, there's just guys going rah, pew, rah. Oh uh, right, in, okay. In sequence second to last thing in the news zone yeah. is uh, Sonic Three gets mapped for all the answers. Oh, Get the book. I wanted this so yes. much. Did you I knew have someone it, who had it. Oh, oh, no, but it, I saw, yeah. but I saw it, and it was, it was exactly what you're imagining. It was what I was hoping for when I got that paperback Sonic Two guy. Oh, we are right. talking full glossy oh. screenshots. Unfold the pages to see the full level layout. I want it now. Wait a minute. Let's have a look I on eBay. <laughs> yeah, I bet, it, oh, I bet it's not seven ninety nine now. Like also looking at it, like this was available. It was seven ninety nine. This was so doable. I could have easily said to my mum, "I want this for my birthday," yeah. and got mm. it. Yeah, seven ninety nine, and I just never had it. I used to, I used to yearn for that play guide. <laughs> uh, I never owned Sonic Three, so I never had a burning need I for it. See. But I didn't really was... own any strategy guides. Oh. I had a Tomb Raider 2 strategy guide later on when I tried to um, write the movie adaptation. Yes! <laughs> Age 14. <laughs> well, we all, we, yeah, we've, we've talked on this show about how we all tried oh, to... Yeah. We took the comics and turned them into prose That's stories. That's right. Yeah. I did a lengthy treatment for worms. Oh, that's great. Wait, wait. I, I don't mean I underwent a lengthy treatment for worms. <laughs> it's like a panto gag. Yeah, you were scooting around, scratching your bum yeah, on the yeah, carpet yeah. and your mum. Your mum had to keep your fingernails really short. <laughs> yeah. 
I mean, Suze, have you still got the script? Because that's a stand-up act. I mean, have you oh, heard... in my um, in my 2018 show, which is available for anyone to watch on my Patreon, um, I do refer back to my Sonic fan fiction, which oh. was a novelization of Sonic 2 on the Master System. Oh, at brilliant. that time, I did not have a Mega Drive until uh, 94. Yeah. So this was in 92. Because that's what everyone needs. Also, I couldn't get all six Chaos Emeralds when I played Sonic 2 on the Master System. So as far as I was concerned, there was no Crystal Egg Zone. <laughs> <laughs> so that's coming out. And I guess that leads us to the final thing. Oh, uh, j- just to just to finish off what I said before. Uh, I haven't been able to find this on eBay, but I can only find the American version, which I don't... <laughs> don't want that. No, it's, got, it's got the bad cover on it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because this is uh, the usual two pages for the new zone, but it's only a page and a half of content. Mm. Yeah, it's a big advert the, at the bottom, is that? The bottom half of the, uh, <laughs> of the second page is... You would think it was an ad. You would. To well, look I at don't it. know what it's it. advertising. You wouldn't know exactly. what it would be for. It doesn't because say. it is. It's a disgusting image. It's just a it's disgusting, a image. disturbing image of a little of of a bloke with like sunglasses and a long nose and buck teeth and a beanie hat yeah. being set upon by these strange warped cartoon creatures. Suns with, with faces who, who, and then a pink thing with. Where's Wooly arms? Yeah, and he doesn't. Him, you know, he himself doesn't look much less grotesque and stretchy and. Strange, oh no, he is also no, they're, they're, a grotesque. This cartoon. is a repulsive image. What's it doing yes. there? Isotronic. It says in the corner. That's the only clue. Well, it's one of two only clues. Is the word isotronic separated out into three iso trot and nick? In yeah. the, just, just it's almost like graffiti in the background. It's really strange. It doesn't say mm. what it is. And then there's the I other don't, I don't like it. No. I don't trust it. <laughs> You're right not to. Yeah, it's deeply unsettling, isn't it? And then there's the final yeah. clue. On which the is hat. On the beanie hat. A skull. That is the skull from the Sega Pirate Television adverts. Oh, okay. Ah, odd. Me and Chris know what this is, though, because we we recognise the very strange art style of whatever his name is. Steve Bliss, is it? Oh, yeah, it's down there. His signature's there. Shall we leave them hanging? Shall we? Yeah. I think we should, because I feel like there might even be one more of these before we get there. Okay. It smacks of the... Do you remember that Sonic 2 advert that we didn't know was a Sonic 2 advert where there was just a hedgehog crawling along the road while a big steamroller came up behind it and then it was like to be continued oh yes yeah and then the to be continued was it flattened out because it was a puppet in the first place it wasn't a real hedgehog flattened out and then the bloke who we know as fezed leaned in and goes obviously not as fast obviously not as fast as sonic (laughs) well he won't be making the comeback Page of advert. We're now against the clock, folks, so I'm going to rattle through it. We have the Judge Dread 1994 Mega Special. Yeah! Oh, thank goodness. That is Britain's first truly interactive comic. You read the special, then vote for your favourite story in our telephone poll. You choose the comic heroes of tomorrow. Five fantastic prizes must be won. Don't delay. That's April the 16th, 68 pages of that for only £1.75. That's pretty cool and, to be on. And then in the bottom half, together at last, this ties in with the advert that we saw before. Look who it is. Oh, it's them oh, again. It's, uh... Well, it's Thunderbirds. 
it's Captain Scarlet, and it's Stingray, it's Jerry Anderson in general. Thirty-two pages in full colour, packed with exciting picture stories. This is not the poster mag. This is just the new Thunderbirds featuring Captain Scarlet and Stingray. You've got great free gifts. Don't miss your brilliant free sticker album. Free sticker album, Chris. Hey, full of come with a pack of stickers too. Full of info on your TV favourites, plus exclusive free full colour stickers to complete your album. With the next two issues of the new bigger and better Thunderbirds on sale every fortnight. Thunderbirds, it's bigger, it's better. It's on sale April the thirtieth. Right. What were they charging for that? One pound fifteen. One pound fifteen. Thirty-two pages full color. That's five p yeah. cheaper than our thirty-two pages full <laughs> color. And so it should be because it's not about Sonic. Yeah. Right. Sonic's World. Prologue. Once upon a planet. Written by Nigel Kitching. Art by Mike Hadley. Colors by John Burns. With letters by Ellie Deville. And there is no synopsis for this one because it's just a, a Wikipedia article in comic strip form, yeah. and I love it. <laughs> yep. Yeah. It starts with a beautiful picture of an entire galaxy. It zooms in closer and closer to a planet until you're looking at one of those lazy loops that I was mentioning earlier, but still yeah. a lovely picture. Yeah, because because Sonic's world is just a it's a short series. This is the prologue, and this series this serial will say now will only run to three parts. It's just a sort of bluffer's guide. It's like a documentary, isn't it? Yeah. Cliff Notes, a documentary about a brief history of Sonic up to now. We're introduced to the Hill Zones. We have another reference to South Island, introduced in the main strip. And um, I do think this one's a little weird. Hidden in one of the Hill Zones is Sonic's secret underground base, where, as I said, it's a secret. Um, it's the Emerald Hill Zone. We all know. We've read the comics. <laughs> yeah, we know where it is. <laughs> yeah. going, I can hear you all asking where... I'm not going to tell you. Well, then don't tell us on the cover, like, Secrets of Sonic's World. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, which you're not going I've to be privy to. I've had to spend £1.10. <laughs> uh, this isn't narrated by Megadroid or or, no. or, 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 or an invisible no. narrator. It's clearly being narrated by someone because the yes. narrative captions open with quote marks, but we don't find out who it is until the end of the strip. And I guess I'll just jump It's a ahead. rubbish twist. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just jump ahead. Not and say that we find out at the end the whole strip is being narrated by the Kinterbor computer. Yeah. Yes, although he just says, I am Dr. Kinterbor, and then it yes. says, yeah. next issue, secret of the Kinterbor computer. So this really is a, a primer for people who did not read those earlier issues and are mm. just jumping in now. It does feel like that the strip was meant to mention who Dr. Kinterbor was. Yes, I know, exactly. So that he can then reveal, I'm Kinterbor. Mm. But there's actually no preceding mention of Kinterbor anywhere in the strip to explain <laughs> that he turned Nothing. into Robotnik or anything. Yeah. Robotnik appearing in this strip um, based on his old design. Ah, so yeah, this is proper like early days Robotnik. Yeah, is it a goof or is it deliberate? I really like it because they're going, oh, we're showing you around. Here's Sonic's underground base. Here's the Emerald Hill Zone, and this frame really looks like they've burst in on Robotnik, and he is rightfully angry. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Cut him on the toilet. <laughs> He's angrily pressing a button, and you have to imagine it's the one that's going to make a curtain draw across or something. 
<laughs> Had to Judge get to out. him sooner or later. Old rotten egg breath himself. Yeah, no wonder he's pissed off. The older I get, the more I sort of side with Robotnik in all of this. <laughs> There's this interminable youngster causing trouble yeah. for him. Yeah. Oh, and oh, for God's sake, guys, sometimes you need a machine. Yeah. That's what she said. <laughs> an, an interesting cameo here from the Marxio brothers, presented yeah. as if they uh, massively matter. Well, yeah, we're just I getting hate this. them. <sighs> <laughs> what? I'm sorry, but I love the Marx Brothers. Yeah. And I think it's annoying in this comic that they're bringing this gag back where they go, <laughs> here's a pastiche of Mario and the Marx Brothers because we know what eight-year-olds will enjoy. I th- yeah, that's a perfect example, isn't it? Of, here's the stuff the writers were into that the kids weren't. <laughs> yeah, but it's great, though. <laughs> it's a real... I, I love the gag. I just don't know why they're here in this. Like it does seem... Yeah, the, there's two whole panels, important. half a page here. I mean, yeah. it's, just about, it's about explaining Robotnik's setup. Like, they talk about how he's based in the special zone now. But it's funny how they don't ever explain how he took over Mobius. Oh, no. Yeah. You know, yeah. it does feel... I mean, I guess it's not truly necessary. It's just explaining the status quo of the world of Sonic right now. And, as we'll see in a page, doing some mm. preamble for what's about to arrive in next issue gotcha. of Sonic Strip. I do like that it's clearly set after the Marxio's last appearance. You see how the Casino Night is ruined oh, after, yeah. after the events of the Casino Night two-parter. Oh, yeah. oh and they're having to yeah. rebuild that statue. Well, yeah, they, 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 Good they, job, because he's got a new head now. Yeah, rebuilt entirely. Do you know, just above that, Mike Hadley never quite got how buzz bombers worked, did he? <laughs> no. It's like a buzz bomber is, it's three pieces like an insect, the head, the thorax and the abdomen. And He's doing yeah. it like an egomatic with a head. Yeah, or uh, yeah. and it's like the way buzz bombers shoot at you is that they're, what's, is it's it? It's their the ab- stinger, isn't it? Back bit, stingy bit. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's, the, it's the bum bit. Which bit of that? Which, the is bum that, which, bit. Is that the thorax or the abdomen? <laughs> That's the abdomen. Yeah. No, it's called the bum bit. Well, it's that bit. The bum bit. It, it comes around and shoots at you like a like yeah. a stinger, but he's drawn them. They just have a little gun on their tummy. Yeah, a little cone of gun, and they have no yeah. bum bit. Yeah, he never yeah. quite got how uh, how those work because we'd see them again. I imagine someone must have tried to explain it to him at some point, and he's yeah. gone, "Get out of here! I'm doing my stories." <laughs> he aimed his bum bit at them, and they ran away. <laughs> Actually, come to think of it, I'm pretty sure he would draw this generic badnik design when he was called to draw some motobugs in a few uh... issues time. It does look like yeah. a motorbug as well, yeah. But, but it's got the but it's got the wings. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's just some a weird buzz motorbug. bomber motorbug composite. Anyway. Yeah, anyway. I mean they've revealed no secrets. Mm. <laughs> well, I guess this is what this is this really interests me because then they pivot to talking about the miracle planet. Oh yes. yes. This is the heavy lifting. This is the this is the work they're doing for next issue. Known to some as the little planet, which of course it was in the game. Is that gonna be the last time we hear that in STC? In Sonic the Comic, yeah, yeah. yeah. The little planet yeah. it was called in Japan, right? Yeah, and the yeah. miracle planet was its name in America. It was actually called that, like in in the American okay. manual and everything. It's not. That's uh, not a weird Sonic the Comic invention. It's such a better name, too. Yeah, it is much better. And robotics better than Eggman. Never mind what the Japanese think. Yes, well, this is true. When, when it comes to Sonic, <laughs> they're not quite on board. This is described as a beautiful place, completely unspoiled and apparently uninhabited. That's right. Apparently, got to leave room for some surprises, haven't I? Yeah, and it appears and disappears, and that's why Robotnik hasn't been able to yes. get there. 
Mm. It appears, yeah, it says it only appears over Mobius once a month and then it fades away again and nobody knows where it goes to. Now, nobody. I, I think in the, <laughs> in the games it's once a year, right? Yeah. I think that's from the manual. Yeah. It's for one, one month. One month a year, but in this it's yeah. like whatever, a couple of days a month or something. Well, that's it. I, that always confused me. I don't think they ever say how long for. So yeah. it's like once a month. And it's like, it's, it's a little bit like after eight. So you're like, well, how long for, is it there all the time then? <laughs> it appears once a month. But I think that some later strips will confuse the two ideas. I think so. And then they mention that on this planet are the Time Stones Ooh. pictured And there's here. Robotnik wearing your aunt's Christmas jumper again. <laughs> <laughs> Them, the Time Stones look horrible. They look cheap. I think Sonic should not bother with them because I hate those UFO, uh, chase the UFO <laughs> levels anyway. On yes. Sonic CD. So oh, they're a nightmare, aren't they? They are. Oof. I I, I've never done it's them. Sega's version of Mode Seven. It's it's horrible. Yeah. Um, so here they're the they're even flatter and taller and more rectangular than the Chaos Emeralds we saw earlier in the issue. They look like you could snap them. Yeah, they do. They look like sweets. Yeah. They look like boiled sweets. I don't know. I don't care. Honestly, I think my only <laughs> beef is the fact that there, a time stone will show up later in the Sonic Terminator and not look anything like this. Oh, <laughs> oh. That's, yeah. oh that's bad. Oh, but then it I'll doesn't. These look like the game, and it didn't look like the game. So you know. yeah, and yeah, and that, yeah, and these did look like this in yeah. the Sonic CD. Yes. That's probably probably why they drew the Chaos Emeralds that way. They'll have been looking at the latest info. That's true. Um, although on the next page we see the Chaos Emeralds, and they're all green. They do come, and <sighs> I, I remember this because, as I say, Sonic Sonic's world is so steeped in lore. I remember mm-hmm. amazingly. They come up with an explanation for why the Chaos Emeralds aren't just green. Okay. (laughs) Doesn't quite fit with the games, but... uh... So that's pretty much Sonic's world. It's It's a little short that when you put all three of them together... Read as if they were made to go at the start of those trade books, collecting mm. some of the Sonic okay. stories, but, but but they didn't put them there. So. Oh, right. I mean, this one is a funny one because it dedicates this whole page to the Miracle Planet, which is really not important, but it's, no. it's clearly deliberate preamble for yeah. what's about to come up in... And it's, you know, it's not clunky or inorganic to the, to the story, the story, no. air quotes, but <laughs> it is... You could easily like if if you were going to do that, take this and put it, at, you know, use it as an introductory prologue for any compilation of Sonic stories. You just lift this page out and yeah, and not worry about it. Unless that compilation of stories was the Sonic Terminator. Was the Sonic Terminator? Yeah. <laughs> that. The next two are more like stories, if I recall correctly. Oh right. Okay. Because yeah. mm. like it it doesn't cover the origin stuff again because um, they did that already but it fills in the gaps in between like it showed immediately the next story if I, if I remember correctly the next one shows what happens after the explosion in the lab that creates Robotnik between that and the start of Sonic 1 and then the third chapter is what happens between Sonic 1 and Sonic 2 and how Sonic met Tails oh cool oh that's great so oh, it's I'm basically really it's just filling in the little gaps in the timeline to form this complete picture of how we get from the origin of sonic up to where sonic the comic begins yeah, as that it was were. the stuff i wanted yeah. i wanted to fill in that timeline yeah <laughs> and this this did it very well um and i mean obviously it's only been what four issues since we were introduced to the kintabor computer mm. and that's nothing. You know, I, we've done yeah. that and here we are now. And, but when you were a child, yeah. I'd been puzzling over the existence of this thing for what felt like <laughs> yeah. months upon months. <laughs> and now we were finally going to get the answer of where on earth this had come from as well. 
Graphics Zone. It's pictures. It's pictures. It's a fan art page. We've yeah. had one before. Here we've got some pictures. Um, the biggest one for some reason. I don't know why they've chosen this to be the biggest one because it's just a copy of a of a Nigel Kitching drawing of Head the Skull. Yeah. Uh, whenever like the the stipulations in the bottom right says be original and don't copy pictures from the comic, and the biggest picture on the page is clearly a copy. That's what they've done. I used to send in a lot of art to STC. Yeah, I, I'd say at least five times I sent in lovingly crafted Sonic pictures and they never printed them. No joy. Looking, at, looking at this page, I can only, I think only one of two things has happened. One, I must have been much worse at drawing than I remember. <laughs> or, or two, sexism. <laughs> well, yeah. well, we have identified several instances of that already in the course of the letters page so i am looking at it now going i wonder if i'd said my name was james kempner if they'd <laughs> printed my picture well head is from stephen harper of luton bedfordshire and then we have uh, another copied one of cool spot by james yeah. yeah. bradford at least he's drawn a, a beachy background for him to to stand on they're yeah. all boys they're all boys yeah but then we've got uh, three original pictures Top right is a picture of Porker Lewis and Tails, not merely copied. This is drawn by a cartoonist kid who's yes. drawn them in his own style. Yeah, this, I, I, and I love it too. Yeah. yeah, he's got something, this kid. This is Daniel Prange of Sidcup Kent. He's got a master system and he's now got a Sonic Water Fun game. Yes. Because that's what they he's all do. You do. But you're so right when you call him like a cartoonist kid. Yeah. He has such a. It reminds me of something specific, but I can't. <laughs> I can't put my finger on it, but he it looks a uh, bit like Rocco's Modern Life. A <laughs> little bit, a little bit. Yeah, but well, uh, the, the key thing is that he's given Porker these big round eyes, which don't come from the Porker model, but, no. but that is how you learn to draw as a kid. If you're interested in being a cartoonist, you know you bang those big eyes on everything. It makes yeah. me wonder if he succeeded. For yeah, as always, yeah. if any of you are out oh, there, yeah. Please yes, let please. us know. <laughs> that includes who else did we have here? Um, Jason Decker of West Hunsbury, Northampton, who has drawn Echo on Jurassic Beach. Well, just a, quite an fun. excuse to draw some dinosaurs there. Yeah, I'll take it. I like yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. This is a picture of some dinosaurs, and then the, uh, it took me a while to even spot Echo, who's I know flipping out of the water in the front there. Yeah, and uh, and then um, Michael Keynes. Michael Keynes of Leighton, London. Yes. He has drawn Tails's girlfriend. Um, dressed as a Sailor Moon. I think Michael Keynes has probably grown up to be a furry. I mean, we're going to see a lot of these. Is that a Sailor Moon then? No, she's just in a skirt. Or is that just yeah, girl clothes? Just in a frilly, frilly girl clothes, but it's not, you know, it's she's got the bow in her hair and everything. And what's that her name is? Furs? Furs, yeah. Furs, girlfriend yeah. of Tails. And we'll see a lot of these. But as we've said right. before, we're not here to... Um, not here to We're judge. Not here to, not to cast cringe or post. It's just like <laughs> Sonic fan art has a reputation, and it's not. Yeah. The, this reputation wasn't plucked from thin air. No. This is just something <laughs> people did with their Sonic fan art, and I'm sure. I am sure we will see many, many original the animal characters uh, yeah. in the course of our of our perusing the graphic zone, and this <laughs> is is a perfectly fine one to start with. I must say. <laughs> Tails but girl 
Let's completely skip the Q-Zone. It's just more Sonic Chaos solutions. Special stages on Sonic Chaos. I do remember this, though, because Sonic Chaos was one of the few games I actually owned. Oh! To get a double-page spread in Sonic the Comic was very, very exciting for me as a Four in a row, wasn't it? Four double-page spreads to do the entirety of Sonic Chaos. Yeah. Yeah. This one's just for how to get the, the, the special stages. Actually, it's not about how to get the special stages. It's about how to get the emeralds once you're in the special stages. Yes. So I don't know how you actually get to them. It's quite easy to get in special stages. I mean, they don't. it doesn't need to be here at all. Sonic Chaos is one of the easiest Master System oh, is it? games. <laughs> you, you know, at no point do we need a double-page spread player guide for it. But. Well, then that's good, because I was about to prod an old wound by telling you that... <laughs> Some of this solution was printed in the second poster mag. Really? Yeah. Well, oh. the, 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 the poster mag did the bosses, but then it also says next issue, Sonic Chaos Part 4, the bosses. Oh, so right. perhaps, oh, yes. perhaps oh. you did not need to buy the poster mag if you were truly desperate for that information. Yeah, well, I'm glad I didn't waste my money because I wouldn't have needed that bit. <laughs> no. Wonder Boy in Ghost World, Part 4, written by Mark Isles, art by Boyan Dukach, letters by Elita Fell. Shion's scuffle with the Archaeopteryx ghost attracts the attention of two dinosaur soldiers who capture him while Wordsmith hides. Shion is brought before the Dinosaur King in Dino Town, who reveals that, tired of waiting for mankind to die out, he and his fellow dead dinos are planning to retake by force the living world that was once theirs 65 million years ago. <laughs> So this one's just like exposition. Frankly, we're on Pretty part. Uh, what part are we on? Part four already. Yeah. I feel like yep. Wonder Boy. You remember how much Wonder Boy dragged the first yeah, time? Yeah, I, I had no interest in Wonder Boy. And how much no. we're zipping through this one now, though? This is great crack. Yeah, Suze. It turns out this second series was actually quite funny. Okay. Uh, yeah. But this, but this, but this not, one, not so much. Not this, this is one. this is quite exposition heavy. As we... Exposition and bums. That's all we've got in this one. There are a lot of bums in this one? The three dancing naked ladies that take up a page. That's true. They're there. Oh, yeah. I mean, oh yeah, there's a bum right there. All right. Yeah. yeah. Didn't even notice. So the dinosaurs explained that they called on the wailing sisters of witchery world. Brilliant, by the way. Can we just... <laughs> Can we just? The Wailing Sisters of Witchery World. (laughs) (laughs) To link Ghost World to the Skyrock Mountains in the world of the living. And we are then treated to two entire panels of three naked ladies dancing around in sort of completely see-through They, they silk. are wearing robes, but you can see their bums through them. <laughs> you can see you can see their breasts through them. They're completely if transparent. If you can't see a nipple, yeah. it doesn't count. <laughs> That's true. There's the, I, I, there is the hint of one on the uh, bottom left, because that whole breast is poking out from the robe and isn't even <laughs> behind it, but he's coloured it in wrong to disguise that fact, perhaps by fiat. You looked at this a lot closer than I did. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I, this immediately struck me as something that was going to have to get talked about. What we have here is six naked <laughs> ladies drawn in Sonic the Comic. And even though they've got what is rudimentary clothing drawn on top of it, that didn't stop him from continuing to draw all the outlines behind the clothing. I think this is noteworthy. He drew a bum. Big deal. Shion's <laughs> bum is on the first page. Far more than a bum. I'm going to I'm going to scan this and you're going to see this on the Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it is a, it's full, it's full cleft to go back to what we were talking about last issue. But look at it that is. top left one in the in the second panel. You got everything on show there. 
Oh, okay, okay, like maybe this is just an outgrowth of me actually reading comics that weren't designed for five-year-olds in Britain, but like, yeah. there's nothing I can't see there that I can't see in a, if I pick up an American superhero comic. You, well, yes, That's quite. True. That's one of my criticisms about American superhero comics, as a matter yeah. of fact. Like, if you can't see a, a nip, a peen, or a V, it, it doesn't matter. It doesn't count. The, the artists were very, they loved to draw anatomy, but not mm. feet. Yeah. Mm. Well, that one guy. He's done perfectly <laughs> fine feet. Yeah, well, here we have feet, so well done, <laughs> Boyan. Yeah. And dinosaur ghosts. I mean, on paper, what a great yeah. idea. Yes. I mean, it's all still strange. But it's... it's. Yes. I mean, as, as we say, this, this one's not as good as the preceding three because it is just about <laughs> stopping to deliver exposition. But it's yeah. it's still... It's, it's good concepts because it's not mm. the sort of dull fantasy that the first round of Wonder Boy dealt with. These are the ghosts of dinosaurs who seek to reclaim the land of the living because they're tired <laughs> of waiting for man to die out. And this this last line that he ends it on, you know, uh, tomorrow I'll turn you into a ghost and you can join my armies. How are you going to do that? Well... <laughs> You have to be dead first. <laughs> and then, and then, look at the way he turns around and looks at the camera. What a great ending beat, like, for the strip. Yeah. His proper <laughs> pulling on the collar. Uh-oh. <laughs> Did you notice the, um, the two dinosaur soldiers? We've returned to Lauren and Hardy territory and Schwartz oh, and Agar. Yes, oh. the uh, the two dinos who take Cheyenne down out of the tree are named Wisey and Morky. Oh my word! I didn't notice that Morkum and Wise. Yeah. That didn't cross my mind. Because that's what kids all. like. This is that some is kind of Mark Isles like. thing. Kids God, in '94. Yeah, and on one of the pages when they're in a lab, I think it's a lab or, yeah. or a den. Mm. There's a tiny little yeah. Sonic on the desk. Yeah, they, yes. he does like to sneak little Sonics in, doesn't he? <laughs> yes, I don't know what whether it's supposed to be a a toy or just Sonic. It looks little... alive, doesn't it? Is that how yeah, big it Sonic does. is? It's a homunculus in this scientific lab. <laughs> yeah, but uh, no, like this is uh, this is still good. I'm, I'm genuinely surprised after that first one, but. How many times can we can we read this new Wonder Boy serial and go, I'm surprised? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's just because it's made by the same exact people yeah. as a really bad series of Wonder Boy that we hated. <laughs> so it's not them. It's just that they made a really bad one and now they're making a good one. Yeah. Is it just because they're dinosaur ghosts? Who knows? What a great concept, though, you say. Spoilers. <laughs> That one straight there in the middle is 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 very relevant to what we were just talking about, dear oh, STC. Yeah. I have noticed mm-hmm. most of the letters printed in STC are from boys. Can you tell me why hardly any of them are from girls? As I, for one, mm-hmm. have sent in loads, says Catherine Thompson of Hoyton, Liverpool. And we've had that question asked before, and and we actually had the person who asked it on the show. We had Helen oh, on to, uh, yes. to come on, and uh, yeah. But um, sadly, yeah. it seems like the situation hasn't changed in the last ten no. issues. Megadroid notes that for some unknown reason, STC has more male hume readers than female. Personally, can't understand it, as I am a bit of a cybersex symbol, really. That is so gross, because yeah. that's essentially him going, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's weird, isn't it? Because I'm hot. <laughs> the editor has written back in a way that suggests, don't bother, ladies. <laughs> yeah, well, that is the vibe we've been getting from, from some of his responses. Mm. <laughs> I really like the top right letter best. I mean, that's uh, amazing. This is David P. Newman of uh, Ellington Morpeth who is saying, 
Dear STC or whoever, please make sure you get things right before you tell us we send in rubbish, STC 20, which is the one where they laid out the ground rules yeah. for the art to be sent right. in. I wouldn't care if you were nice about other people's stuff, but you say that the things you receive aren't worth printing. I've won competitions with things you've rejected. <laughs> <laughs> I suggest you get your own act sorted out before you tell us kids off. I don't know how you wow. manage that because they don't send the the letters back. So one like, what are you, no. how are you sending them on and winning no. compos with them, David? Liar. Is he winning competitions with his rubbish letters anyway? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, I love it. Letter writing competitions. <laughs> yeah, it's not even his art. It's just letters of him <laughs> just slagging things off with one competition. It's just someone going, "How dare you? How dare you slag stuff off? I am amazing and have won several competitions with <laughs> things you've rejected." Oh, like, oh, David, you sound like most of my Twitter followers. <laughs> you grew up to be a reply guy. <laughs> what I adore is that the banner above that letter yes. is more old fash. Mr. <laughs> I old knew fash there had to be another old fash reference before we were done. <laughs> and uh, uh, Megadroid responds, if you'd carefully read STC20, David, you would have noticed I said only a small number of letters and drawings aren't good enough to appear. A very small number. Most are excellent, it's just that there isn't enough room to print them all, as much as we'd like to. As for telling us kids off, I don't think so, do you? Kids don't read STC. Sonic boomers do. <laughs> that d- whole reply just seems like he's too on the defensive here. Yeah, Richard yeah. Burton has been annoyed by this letter. Yeah. <laughs> he's been like this the entire issue. I think maybe some bad stuff was going on in a personal relationship. I hope he's worked things out now 26 years later. Megadroid or Richard Burton? <laughs> <laughs> Burton. I think it's his Burton. I think I think where Megadroid ends and Burton begins is hard to... <laughs> a blurry line, right? <laughs> yeah. Deserve to dive. Dear STC, says Stuart Hurd of Plesto London, I think I should be allowed to win one of your Sonic Water Fun games because I am learning to swim. The bar is just so low for men. <laughs> <laughs> but I do love Megadroid's response on this one. Uh, interesting logic, Stuart. The editor's learning to hang glide at the moment. Does that mean he should be hung? <laughs> that is filth. That is pure filth because actually hanging someone from a gallows is they would be hanged. Yes, so what he's talking about is <laughs> having a giant wadger. <laughs> <laughs> the drawing of Sonic kicking a ball into a goal with a chaos emerald above him. That's been drawn by a girl. Yeah, she's drawn him in goal. I think that I think yeah, I think he's saving rather than kicking, but there's a chaos emerald just balanced over the goal. Mm. Yeah. Like it's gonna help out. <laughs> it was a World Cup year, but ninety four, so mm. England weren't qualified. But that did not stop so many football related things making it into the pages of Sonic the Comic. (laughs) And you were wrong, Chris. We did have football this issue. Yeah, you're right. Oh, snuck in at the very end. Yeah. We've also got Kung Fu Sonic from Stephen Foreman of Bexley Kent. I definitely drew better than Stephen. It's a picture of Sonic. He's just stood there. He's got his hands up. He's got a red belt. He's got a red headband. He hasn't got any spikes at all. It's like Sonic, but somebody just ran a power sander over him or something. Just smoothed (laughs) everything away. All his edge is gone. From all his spikes to his his attitude to everything. He just looks so serene. Yeah, he's got a little distant smile on his face, doesn't he? (laughs) And finally, the the final letter. letter. Budding editor. Dear STC... I implore you to print my diligent contribution in your esteemed periodical as I enjoy reading about the blue one. Yours, bungee jumping into the pool room, Nicol Hay, Livingston, Scotland. 
Sonic Water Fun Game Winner. P.S. How about a job when I'm older? Uh, Megadroid responds, Well, Nickel, you make as much sense as the editorial humes around here, so I guess you're ideal for a job. As I was reading this, I was like, F***ing hell, Nickel, hey! Because I've listened to his podcast for a year, I know who he is, I know exactly who he is. So I've got him to record it. Oh, brilliant! How is this 1 minute 39? Ah, because he tells us what the f*** he was talking about. Okay, alright. <laughs> now, perhaps, if I may, a little context to this... I was 12 or 13 when I wrote this, and it was only a covering letter for a, a piece of artwork that I sent in, a piece of artwork that Sonic the Comics declined to print, perhaps commenting on its quality. But um, yeah, I, I just wrote some random thing to go in the envelope with the picture, and they obviously decided that this precocious little brat was funny enough to print in the magazine, and so I got there. The P.S. originally was just P.S. How about a job? And I showed my mum the picture I was going to send in, and she insisted that I added P.P.S. When I'm older. I, I don't know if she thought... Maybe she was so blinded by love that she thought they would clearly think that I was a, a grown man with this genius letter writing and art skills and immediately offered me a job that I would embarrassingly have to turn down on account of being uh, an annoying child. So, yeah, that is why the PPS was added and uh, the story of how I came across my very fun Sonic Water Fun game. <laughs> Brilliant. And so we are at the end of the issue and on the inside back cover along with the data strip we have the next issue advert. We have a picture that's obviously of the Streets of Rage crew, one of them leaning out of a moving vehicle, firing a bazooka or grenade <laughs> launcher or something. Is anything kind. more Streets of rage <laughs> Exactly. Bullet holes going through the windscreen. Definitely a, a panel from the strip rather than the next issue cover, but... Uh, yes. And it says, Next issue, the news on the streets is bad. For skates! <gasps> the Streets of Rage sizzle with action next issue. Plus, the heavy metal Sonic showdown Metallics... There's the yeah, name yeah. versus Sonic. Don't miss it. And I suppose we didn't know what metallics meant there. So, like, you might well, we, even we'd be. We already had Operation Metallics from so we the had, end of so Girl we Trouble. So, we were pretty sure, I think, that we knew what was going on. Frankly, I don't know why it's not the whole picture. Did they not I know mean, what they were. But they had! <laughs> I don't think they did. Sonic the Comic 26, on sale 14th of May, £1.10. And won't we see you there, boomers? Oh, yeah. Well, in the meantime, if you want to follow the podcast, you can do so on Apple Podcasts. And if you do, please leave a review for us there. Uh, you can also get it on stctp.wigglehe.com directly. And you can follow the show on Twitter at Sonic Podcast. We are also on there directly. I am at Chris McFeely. I am at Demon Tomato Dave. And I am at Suze UK, S-O-O-Z-U-K. Anything to plug? Uh, oh, let me think. Well, while she thinks, I'll tell you from the future that she's since opened a Twitch channel at twitch.tv slash Kempner where she does show tunes and stuff live during quarantine. It's a lot of fun. Go and have a look. If, you, if you've if you enjoyed my 
contributions to this particular podcast and would be interested in seeing an entire hour-long stand-up show about Sonic, then check out Supersonic 90s Kid, which is on my Patreon, patreon.com slash suzuk, S-O-O-Z-U-K. If you make a pledge per month, you can watch that entire show and other shows that I've put up there. I think I've seen a little bit of that one and it's good. Oh, thank you. I haven't, <laughs> but I am not interested. <laughs> and thank you for coming on. Cheers. I hope we'll have you on again sometime. Oh, thanks. I'd be very happy to come back. Thank you. <laughs> and of course, we here at Sonic the Comic the Podcast also have our own Patreon. And lo- as and where Suze offers you full stand-up shows as rewards, we offer you absolutely nothing. <laughs> we offer you our gratitude. <laughs> I mean, look, you don't have to support Take us. Take that to the bank. But if you do want to, then we can gradually save up and pay someone to edit stuff for us so that we can spend more time making special stuff for you. We've got plenty of stuff in mind. We just haven't been able to do it yet. So that money needs to pile up before we can do that. So uh, contribute at patreon.com forward slash stctp. Our opening theme was synchronized by Sonic the Comic, the band. You can find them at sonicthecomic.bandcamp.com. But we have been Sonic the Comic, the podcast. And we will see you next time. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye. Virtua Fighter 2 was was 96 apparently okay. still making games oh, for the Mega no. Drive in 96 like who knew this is when the Mega Drive like we're, we're still a couple of years away god it happened fast yeah, didn't it really the Mega Drive did. went from like a market leader to being on life support essentially I mean I think that part of that was sort of like the conflict between like Japan and America really mm, wasn't it because mm-hmm. the Mega Drive was doing gangbusters and they were yeah. they, they were sort of ready to move on in Japan already weren't they yeah it's but a weird were, one Dave is that right am I right about that did I stop listening? <laughs> <laughs> Are you a professional podcaster. No, yeah. I just drifted, <laughs> I drifted off. Tr- genuinely true story. I drifted off because my head was going, uh, wash your hands and stay inside. Thank you, big <laughs> potatoes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's like a Simpsons gag. It's just like zooming in on Dave's head and it just goes transparent. And just, like, just a little boomer head doing that. Thank you, big potato. <laughs>